What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You know, by pressing play, I know one thing about you, listener. You got great taste in podcasts. This week on the show, we cover a bunch of geek views running the gamut from the Justice League and Batman to Thor Ragnarok and Iron Fist. And we review the Powerless Pilot, 24 Legacy, and the Pilot of Legion on FX, as well as some listener feedback and our usual brand of a meaningless banter. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, February 9th, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. We're Hi, diddly ho, Lissarinos. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Welcome. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. That, uh... Nerd. There's your recipe right there. Also joining us is the internet's number one puppet sensation sweeping the nation, uh, our favorite felty American, Mr. Rugberto Bambino. Good earth to you, rug boy. What's up? Good earth to you, Amron. What's up, dudes? I'm actually not sweeping the nation. I've been vacuuming the nation. You've been vacuuming and shoveling yeah, it's the... More... It's a little more of an infection. You're like a little, uh, little, yeah. little herpes infection. Rug boy is infecting the nation. Something like that. Get yourself checked, listener. If you heard this, you may be infected. Oh, shit. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if this is your first show that you are listening to of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Fuck off. Fuck off. Go find another great. You know what, Anthony? You work in sales. And if you could only use your power for good instead of evil on the show. Uh, I'm selling you on not listening to this. He's selling you on uh, saving. Save yourself two hours. <laughs> save your next two hours. Look, if you got nothing to do and you need something to put in your ears and you're here, uh, this is the show where we just like to hang out and geek out about comic books, superheroes, uh, on the in the movies, on TV, in pop culture. It's a geek fest, a weekly geek digest. Uh, so this show in particular, we got a little bit of geek news we're going to catch up on. And then is it like the Reader's Digest? It is like the new Reader's Digest in your ear hole. Oh, shit. Uh, is that something Game that like Boner? farmers used to like? Oh, my God. No, I used to publish. read. That's I, I an actually, almanac. That's oh, the almanac. That's the, that's almanac. Right. the Reader's Digest is where I would learn like jokes. Uh, it had like there was a laughter is the best medicine and like military jokes. It was very weird, but very it interesting was, articles. It was basically like a. Like a book that had like all excerpts of other books in it, so you can get that's a right. Yes, there uh. were excerpts of articles, and there would be some of them. There'd be awesome, like I shouldn't survive stories, and there'd be crazy stories of like a guy getting eaten, bitten by a shark. I get that confused with the almanac. The almanac is the thing that pretends to know the future and tells you what the weather's. The going. almanac sounds like it's from outer space. <laughs> yeah, that's what kids used to read. Uh, you know, farmers, to pass the right? time back in the day. Yeah, farmers, and then just kids were bored before like TV and actual shit to do i uh, sit and read the uh, almanac uh so look this show we got some geek news and we're going to review a couple of new shows comic book related that imran shows made us watch that i forced people to watch i miss talking about tv and reviewing tv aired this week uh some fun shows so we have we're going to talk about powerless from uh, dc on nbc then we're going to talk about the 24 legacy revival 
on Fox, which isn't really a comic book or a superhero, but it might as well be a goddamn comic book show. It's highly unbelievable and awesome. And then we got the premiere of the first live action X-Men TV show ever, Legion on FX. So lots of good stuff. Before we get to any of that, I want you guys, the listener, if this is your first show, first time listener, check out our last show, especially if you are a fan of Godzilla, if you're into the kaiju, we finally got around to reviewing uh, Toho's latest Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla Resurgence, whatever you want to call it. Only six months late uh, with the talented John Bellotti Jr. Of course, we had to have him on. And uh, I had a good time talking about that movie. We had a couple of comments from that show that I want to share. Oh, really? Listener really? Leo Kelly posted on our Facebook page. Can't wait to listen, then break a Godzilla statue. Oh, shit. Well done. Well done, sir. I see what he's, what he's doing there. Uh, and then uh, we also, that was also, we talked about Ben Affleck dropping out to direct Batman. And it turns out uh, our listeners and buddies, David Malofsky, Matt Delhauer, they're trying to start this uh, hashtag trend. Hashtag rug boy to direct Batman. Geek boner. That's co- the best idea that they could probably do the WB. Comments, rugs, what would you do with it? Would you do it? Would oh. you take the job? Yeah, I would do it. I mean, I would totally do it. It's like, I could do better than uh, Snyder. There's nowhere I could, there's only nowhere to go up. That's true. The bar is set pretty low, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all I got to do is not make them beat the shit out of each other and scowl. Uh, put an actual bad guy that actually acts like a bad guy that we've recognized. Yeah, it's just, you great. know, all you need to add, just need establishing shots and some uh, character development. And you're solid. Dude, anybody could do better. <laughs> so spread it around, listener. Hashtag Rugboy to direct Batman. It's going to be huge. It's the next big thing. They're going to be looking for me and knocking on my door and be like, okay, give this puppet a camera. Give the puppet Someone a chance. Someone hold it for him. <laughs> somebody, well, somebody else. Director doesn't have to do anything but yell. Yeah. I can do that. You do that all the time. You just have to be opinionated and just. No, do I guarantee. If someone offered me the job, I would even write the script myself and shoot it, and and I would cast it myself. I would fucking fire everybody and start from scratch, and you guys would be fucking like completely wowed. There'd be no. <laughs> I have I'm no doubt. Even, this is not even coming from a form of hyperbole. I right. know I could do it better than they do it. I have no doubt anybody could do it better than uh, what's going on right now. Uh, one last thing before we begin. Speaking of David Malofsky, he has asked me to pass on a message on behalf of him and his awesome website, A Place to Hang Your Cape, uh, to our listeners to put it out there that uh, AP2HYC is currently looking. For writers, geek boner. Uh, so I know we have uh, we have some listeners who are comic book writers and who are very talented. We have crazy listeners who do everything. Uh, if you visit uh, this uh, this link, ap2hyc.com slash write, as in W R I T E, all the details are there. And basically, uh, it's a volunteer position, but they are looking for people to write regular articles on superhero films, TV shows, comic books uh, of all genres. So if you want some exposure, you want practice writing, you like to review films, you enjoy this stuff, uh, it's kind of like what we're doing, now, only in the written form. Now, what exactly do you have to do? You just like write, the, you, you just send them an email and say, I want to write? That's how easy it is? Well, I'm sure they're going to want to, uh, there's an application process, and uh, they what they want you to do is write a fun cover letter. So, and it says here on the page, I like what he's doing. Basically, you're going to have to write regularly assigned content for the site. You know, they'll give you a show. And be like, okay, you write episodic reviews of this show. With the cover letter, uh, it says here, you're encouraged to write it as though you're a superhero yourself. 
Picture it as though you're Iron Man writing to Nick Fury, asking if he can be part of the Avengers Initiative, or the Flash pleading with Batman to become a full-fledged member of the JLA. Be imaginative, witty, and engaging. I love that. So that's how they're going to kind of see your creativity, and uh, it'll, you know, it'll get their attention. But check out the link. The link of everything we talk about in this episode will be in the show notes. You can find that at jockanerd.com slash 152. Take advantage. It's good exposure and good practice. Rugs, <laughs> if you could use a, a typewriter with your uh, felty fingers, I would suggest you, you use a plot. I can't even write in a sentence. Yeah, I fuck that. Know. You can barely talk in a sentence. All right, yeah. let's get to the news, you bastards. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, listener, you know what to do. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash contact. You're going to find our Twitter. You're going to find our Facebook page. You're going to find our Facebook group where you can join and meet a lot of the other listeners and interact. It's lots of fun. Uh, and you can uh, drop articles that sometimes we pull uh, for the show. So you're helping me out. And you're going you're gonna to get to meet all the listeners. And I love meeting all our listeners by name. So let's start with uh, the DCEU. Speaking of uh, Batman and uh, Justice League is coming out later this year. This movie still has yet to any inclination of when a trailer is coming out. I find that kind of odd. Don't you think we should have had a trailer by now considering it's coming out? Didn't they have a trailer though? Well, was that a trailer though? Because that had like behind the scenes footage. They had a trailer. What are you talking about? Of Zack Snyder. Was that the trailer? That big long thing? No, they they had a real trailer that came out during Comic-Con. Well, they need another one. We need another one. In the meantime, they keep giving us photos. I mean, the movie's not coming out. You're the. This is the same guy that complains about studios revealing too much, and now you want a goddamn trailer for a movie that's coming out in November. I think everybody is dying for something new, so you know they're they're giving we're, we're us nine these months away, dude. Nine months away. Give me another trailer. I don't know. All right. <laughs> well, look, we got another photo of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg, and it looks like. They're on a Kryptonian ship. Oh, shit. Which I thought that was interesting, if you look at the background. And also, Cyborg's got a weird, fucked up laser plasma hand cannon thing. What do you guys think of this photo? Well, I think there's a Kryptonian ship in the fucking middle of Metropolis. Ah, it's still there. Yes. Yeah. So that could be it. And there you go. There's buildings behind Cyborg. Yeah, so there's somewhere in a gigantic. Blue dildo to shove up Wonder Woman's ass. He's got a bit. <laughs> he does have this blue glowing dildo on his head. I still say like cock. Yeah. It's really cock shaped. It is. Yeah. It's, and it's even ribbed for her pleasure. You notice that? Look. Uh, yeah. Or his. <laughs> Anthony, comment? I mean, are you surprised? He, he He's had that kind of, I mean, not like a phallic hand, but he's had... Uh, a, a laser cannon for an yeah. arm for a while. Yeah. That's not nothing surprising. I, the thing that I would say is a couple things. First off, it's very color graded, like mute. Like yeah. mute. again, I mean, it's very washed again, out. Yeah, it's like very washed out. Where's the color? Zach I mean, we, we complained about this with Marvel, but DC's doing the same fucking shit. I mean, this you can barely tell she's wearing red there. Yeah, yeah. There's no color aside from his glowy red and, eye like, and the Aquaman blue is, Might as well just be wearing black. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is cyborgs. I'm in photo at least. It's his, weird looking. His outfit is fucking strange. I've heard it, and I can't take credit for this, but I've heard it compared to Megatron. Yeah, and it looks like that. And, and there's way better designs at the comic. Overly books. busy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what I'm looking. It's just way too. There's. It should be bulkier. I feel like, and it should just be a lot more sleek. Yeah, like when you design any kind of superhero thing. 
It's got to be so a kid could draw it if he wanted to draw right. it. Right. No one's drawing point. this. That's a good point. It's more. It's got more of that faceted crap that's on the Transformers. Like, his guts are just like a mesh of, what is that? And, yeah, like, it should have larger armor form-defining pieces. Like, his, he has nothing in his knee. It's just like a joint. I don't know. It's really weird. And the weird thing is they, like, they casted, I mean, maybe it'll show up better on screen, but they casted a guy, forgot the guy's name offhand, but he's kind of big. He's a Ray Fisher? dude. Yeah, Ray Fisher. And this armor that they put on him, I mean, they, he's, like, skinny. It, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at his waist. And, like, again, that's all probably touched up CGI. And you're right, he is Jack. Oh, it's definitely motion capture. They're not, they're, oh, right, right. I'm pretty right, sure right. he's wearing a mocap suit. I mean, yeah. you remember RoboCop? Yes. yes. Like the original I, yes, RoboCop, yes, not yes. the new one. Yes. Like, for some reason, the original RoboCop looks so massive and big. And awesome. And then they made the new RoboCop, and they made him all skinny and shit. Yeah, they sleep so like down. It's like the new trend. The, yeah, it's just, it's not. Overly busy, skinny thing. Yeah, why? Like, you want to see, like, gears and things kind of moving and large circular dials and shit and something just defining. Like, it's just a mush of shit on him. I don't know what that is. Uh, speaking of Cyborg, it's been confirmed that he is the third mother box in Justice League. So these the mystical box objects, the other two that Steppenwolf is coveting and he's looking for are located in Atlantis and Themyscira. And we know for a fact, so we saw in that scene in Batman vs. Superman that it looked like he had a mother box and it made Cyborg. They've pretty much confirmed that he is the mother box. Like he's the third mother box, which is kind of crazy. Interesting. Right? This is one of those times when we talked off air where you you read a piece of news and instead of commenting on it, I'm just going to take it for what it is and move on. Moving on. uh, This uh, Total Film also has some Zack Snyder quotes where he's describing the team dynamic. Uh, and I, some of these, uh, well, some of the things he's saying is kind of interesting. He says one of the more rewarding aspects of creating Justice League was having fun exploring the dynamic between this group of characters, inherently larger than life characters with disparate backgrounds, ethics, and unique perspectives, all trying to come together and work as a team. It not only offers an opportunity for great drama and complex relationships, but it also often results in great fun. It's an exciting concept to explore. It only gets better when you add the component of our incredibly talented cast. He's trying to make this sound like the Avengers, but I don't think it's going to come off like that. Negative. It can't come off like the Avengers. The Avengers had four, four or five solo films prior. Yeah. Yeah. Way. It's yeah, not like have that same dynamic. You can have all the fun with this chemistry, but we're not. It's it's not going to be deserved because we barely know these people. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving on to more Batman crazy news <laughs> comes out on the heels of us finding out Ben Affleck is not going to direct himself. He's like, I ain't directing myself in the solo Batman movie. Uh, we have a little more info on this original script because then what happened? The script that he worked on with with Jeff Johns was rewritten by uh, Chris Terrio gave it a polish over, who also worked with David S. Goyer on Batman versus Superman. So clearly the script was not where anybody wanted it. It was not a good script. But apparently the Joker was supposed to be in, in this movie, along with uh, Deathstroke. And there was going to be a bunch more villains, uh, possibly like an Arkham Asylum type thing. Uh, this shit ain't happening. Mm. That's good, yes. I guess. Uh, it, it sounded like it would have been a crazy, insane mess. Now, where it also comes out, we talked about the shortlist and how they're really, they were looking at Matt Reeves. And uh, it seems like Matt Reeves is going to be the guy. But they've also said that 
if we get a new director, we may even do a page one rewrite. Oh, shit. Just like that happened with The Flash. Uh, and start Jeez. from scratch. Like, some of this I like. Here's why. Because this must be just a shitty script. Like, you got to get a director that's going to want a good script and is not just going to make whatever shit thing they put in front of him because it's a Batman movie and there's a shot at a Batman movie. It seems like they're really holding out for the script to be good. So, what do you, what do you think they want out of this movie? Uh, see, I don't know. I it's a very, lot of money. <laughs> they want, but I mean, what do you want a billion to go for that? It's so unattainable. Like exactly. Uh, I think. I mean, I, there were rumors that they were gonna, Deathstroke was the main villain, but that they were also going to do some sort of Arkham thing. So I think they wanted to basically fast track everything and have every villain ever in there so that you could, this would be the movie where you would see everybody. And, and it becomes think, an, it becomes another Batman movie. That's not about Batman. Maybe, or maybe so it would be like an all action Batman, like uh kind of like a uh, reliving the video game. Like sort everybody. Of, yeah. And I think they just realized that, Holy crap, this, this thing's fucking a mess. There's like eight different scripts out here or there's eight, there's, twists and turns that don't make any fucking sense so they just have to redo everything that's surprising and this is from jeff johns and ben affleck uh writing so either the studio just it, it maybe it's good and well, the studio, here's the thing think yeah. about this though but when they announced their this was a, a while back but like two three years ago when they announced their initial slate of movies they didn't even announce the no. batman no they announced the batman after ben affleck came on I think during like Batman v Superman. So they kind of fast tracked that. And then once everyone was like, Oh, Ben Affleck was the best part of that shitty ass movie. Yeah. They were like, okay, let's fast track the Batman. So it went from not even being announced in their initial plans to being fast tracked. And I think it was just too, too much too soon. And if they're rushing this and if this move, these moves by Affleck, like slow it down so that they actually put some quality into it. I'm all good with that. Then you, then you have to think about the fact that like all their films so far, the, the three that they've released have been critical failures. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a ton of pressure on this to do well. And again, the stuff in the future is also shaky outside of Aquaman. The flash is a mess and that we don't know anything about a cyborg movie. If there, it's still going to be a cyborg movie. Uh, it says in this article, Forbes also noted the film is looking at a potential 2019 release date now. So, who uh, again, like you said last week, Anthony, I will believe this movie when I see it, when it actually gets done. There's only two movies that I can confidently say will come out, Wonder Woman and Justice League. Exactly. And well, and Aquaman. Is gonna, well, it's going to start filming, but I'm yeah. not, com- I'm not, I won't, I'm like 90% confident, but I'm not like all the way there that that movie is going to come out. What even Aquaman? Oh my god! Yeah, they, they, oh, really, they really even started filming. Uh I don't know. That's a good point. You know? Uh, yeah. What a mess! Wow, it's hilarious. Uh, all right. Well, we need ideas over there. Cross the your fingers, everyone. Let's move on to some Marvel. We'll have Rugboy just run the yes. entire DC. Hashtag Rugboy to direct Batman. Listen, you can't. You can't do a worse job of what they're doing. Just fucking kick Jeff Johns out of his office. Take over. If only. <laughs> Instead of having a hand up your slack hole, you just have like a pencil or a pen. Well, I think that the the, bro- the problem is is that they're doing too much stuff by committee. Yes, and they're not just they're not trusting in the talent, and they're not like confident in anything anybody's going to do. And I think Marvel does that. They they figure it out. They keep it simple. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're not trying to do the quintessential movie. Like 
They're just telling the Captain America story that need to be told at the time. They're not trying to give you all of Captain America's greatest hits in one movie. Same thing with Iron Man. They're doing, they're, they tried to do the thing with the Mandarin, but they didn't even, they, they didn't really care about giving you the quintessential Mandarin. They wanted to tell the story about Iron Man, even though it was the shittiest one. They, they take a very simple approach to the movies and they're trying to shoehorn all of these things into this movie or any of these movies. And it just seems like they always backfire. And they, they're very smart at picking their directors that will, you know, go along and buy into the tone and everything. Uh, and uh, that's something that Warner Brothers just, they just, they're rubbing all these directors the wrong way, uh, losing several directors. I mean, you look at like the Russo brothers who they got from television and how like that, that sensibility from TV really uh, helps uh, in this serialized kind of way. They're telling these stories here and how they can hold back and go all out. Uh, it's just, even if you look at like they haven't even figured out how they want their fucking movies to look. No. Like, if you look at like the Marvel Marvel, everyone talks about how Marvel movies all look the same, but they have their own. They have that look like all Marvel movies kind of have the same kind of quality of look. Right. You look at like Batman v Superman and then you look at like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Batman v Superman's very dramatized, very washed out. Suicide Squad looks like it's just filmed on regular film. Like they're they're yeah. like there's no post editing or anything. There's a lot of like actual scenes where Superman v Batman looks like a lot of green screen, a lot of like over dramatized, like almost that Snyder three hundred kind of over overproduced. So they don't of, even yeah. know where. Yeah, it's, they don't even know what how they want their movies to look. I mean, they said the whole thing about hey, we let the directors play in the sandbox and do what you want. Clearly, that sandbox is really tiny because they just each one keeps leaving. We're like, I can't play in this fucking sandbox. Fuck off, I'm out. Yeah, they, there's no plan. There's no overall. There's nobody. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Look, let's talk about uh, Marvel stuff where right. it's a little bit better. We're going to start with some uh, Fox News. There's something we didn't talk about yet. That was the uh, the rumor about Pierce Brosnan uh, playing Cable in Deadpool 2. There was that photo of Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, Pierce Brosnan kind of palling around. And this rumor got started. Uh, but now on uh, this uh, episode of Meet the Movie Press podcast, Forbes Simon Thompson said he chatted with director David Leach at the world premiere of John Wick 2. And after congratulating Leach on landing the Deadpool 2 gig, he tried to lure Leach into confirming a casting rumor. So I said, he says, congratulations on casting Pierce Brosnan, Thompson explained. And he went, we have not yet. Uh, at which point Mashable's Jeff Snyder then chimed in. Variety's Justin Kroll can't say anything, but yeah, I've heard it's going to be him. Uh, I, what do you guys think of this pick? Actually, I think this is, I think this would work. I would be okay with Pierce Brosnan as Cable. I don't know why, but strangely, really? I really? think it, I think it would work. Like, look, of course, yeah, everybody wants the, the Stephen Lang or the, the, the Ron Perlman, who's like the obvious choice. But I think Pierce, Pierce would be a weird Choice, but I could see him as badass because he's like 60 and he's got like that older, he's getting into that older age uh, movie star kind of thing. I don't know. You guys don't think he would be good for this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Pierce Brosnan. I mean, like, look, I'm sure that he'll do a great job. He's a good actor and he's he's been James Bond. I mean, he's he's definitely knows his way around an action movie. So there's that. But I just feel like, why not get David Hasselhoff? <laughs> oh, shit. If you're going to go that 80s, uh, I see 80s action uh, star, get Knight Rider. You're going to push it farther. Holy shit, Hasselhoff would be No, I'm kidding. Hilarious. Of course not Hasselhoff. <laughs> but I mean, that's where it, it's taken because he's Remington Steele. He's a TV Remington guy. Steele. Wasn't he Bond only once also? No, he was twice. Oh, he was twice. He had two Bonds. I think he had more Pierce than Brosnan? twice. 
Yeah. He was Bond a few times. Oh, he yeah, was I mean, few, he was like, oh, I'm he thinking was, that Timothy Dalton was Bond once. No, Bond, yeah. He was only Bond once or twice, too. He was twice Timothy Dalton. Pierce Brosnan was more. I don't know. Anthony, you don't like the Brosnan? No, dude. What, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Are you serious? Pierce Brosnan is kind of a joke to me at this point. I, I imagine my cable being this rugged, buff dude. Why wouldn't you do Stephen Lang? He's not doing yeah. anything. It's a good point. Pierce that's Brosnan, a, dude. Pierce Brosnan is so out of left field and so like, that, but handled well. Like this could be like a revival for Brosnan. Like he could fucking, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't give career. a fuck about reviving Pierce Brosnan's career. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to get cable on the screen. I don't want Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> well, <laughs> why are you so concerned about reviving Pierce Brosnan's career? I feel bad for him. I've seen his hairy chested men. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I listen. I have every season of Remington Steel on uh, VHS. I don't even know what that is, do you, Anthony? It has a tape in it. <laughs> Not VHS. Remington Steel. Oh God, dude. Pierce. It, it, sometimes I'm around. I, I really question your fucking logic. <laughs> Pierce all right, Austin, dude. All right, all right. Fuck off. He's in talk, so it may be him. That's the thing. So he's just gonna have to fucking deal with it. Uh moving on. Logan. That's coming out real soon. I can't wait. R-rated Wolverine. Last time, Hugh Jackman. As Wolverine will be 135 minutes long. Nice two hours, 15 minutes. It's a nice big chunk. And they've oh, kind that's good. Yeah, they've kind of updated the synopsis. And Ruggs, this may answer the question you were asking me before we started recording. In the near future, a weary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempt to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives being pursued by dark forces. So... Rugs, you were like, why the fuck is, how far in the future is this? Why is Xavier there? Why does he have hair? How old is Logan? Yeah, why is Logan, Logan old? Logan. I called him Olgan. Olgan. All good yeah. questions. I mean, it, it looks like Logan's healing power is, doesn't work as well. That's why he's, maybe he's aging and he's all bruised. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something about Professor X is having these seizures where he like stops time. Like he's just old and sick and dying. Hmm. But two hours and fifty minutes, fucking bring it on for the last, uh, the last. Well, listen, I think that Hugh Jackman served the role well. Uh, he was not a perfect fit for the role. In fact, like he was probably a foot and a half too tall and uh, too handsome to be Wolverine. But he really put his heart and soul into the character and tried to make it as Wolverine as possible. He did. He did own it, and uh, you know, totally take this character. Like, uh, I, no, I also agree. Like, I remember when he was cast, and you saw him, you're like, "This guy, really?" And then if you look at a photo of him from the first X Men movie to like X Men Logan, like, what an amazing arc of Wolverine! Like, that would be a great show to just like look at all the Wolverines in all the movies. Yeah, uh, Anthony, any parting words for for Mister Hugh Jackman as he makes his final run? I mean, I think you guys summed it up. He was. Yeah. Initially, just too big of a dude, but he's literally, I mean, no one, you can't think of anyone else right now. Right, right. Yeah, every, like, everyone, when they picture Wolverine, at least for the foreseeable future, they're going to think of Hugh Jackman. So it's hard to imagine him not doing it, right? Yeah. And it kind of like uh, made him, it made him a household name. It was huge exactly. for him. So uh, let's move on. Too bad to, we'll never see him interact with like Robert Downey Jr. Well, never say never. Never say never, yes. But never say never. The stars line up and a fucking dollar sign show up on somebody's paycheck. You never know. He comes out of fucking retirement. Uh, I don't think it's that. It's they got to get the rights. Well, that also. The rights are a mess. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of other characters that Marvel doesn't have the rights of, let's talk about Sony, Sony's film division for a second, because it is not doing well. Uh, it's facing a billion dollar write down. And there were rumors I read earlier that they were planning to sell the whole film division. Uh, and you know, while they had Spider-Man money for a good time in the early two thousands, they regret one move they made. This is something I did not know. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, Sony sold Marvel back the the merchandising rights for Spider-Man in Whoa. 2011. Oh, shit. Yep. Kenshiro Yoshida, Sony's chief financial officer, spoke on an earnings call, admitted that the decision to let those go was a bad one. Via This is via the Wall Street Journal. We had sold some assets of the studio, such as merchandising rights of Spider-Man, to raise short-term cash in exchange for long-term cash flow when the electronics unit we're struggling, he said. Wow, what? I'd be kicking myself in the fucking ass right now. Like, all the all these new toys that are going to come out, all the shit that you see already, they are not getting a fucking dime of this, this merchandising Good. money. It's amazing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think that's why, like, Marvel and Fox have had their little feud is Mar- Fox owns all those toy rights, I believe. Yeah, they're smart. They're not, so they're still making uh, money even when there ain't no movies coming out. But that's why Marvel doesn't push the Fox stuff because they make nothing off those other things. Whereas Spider-Man, they're like, okay, we'll push it because at least they're getting that toy money. Shit, right. dude, it's all about, it's all about that toy money. And even think about Sony as a brand. Remember back in the day when Sony TVs were the shit? Like they were top, this is top of the line. You had to have a Sony. They were really high priced and it was quality. Nowadays, where the fuck are Sony TVs? You don't see any. I actually have one, but they're not where they used to be. Sony was well, the they're shit just falling behind. They're, they're falling behind Samsung. That's the problem that Samsung kind of took the lead now in that whole area of electronics. The smart TV and the Samsung smart TVs are everywhere. I have a Samsung yeah. smart TV. Yeah, I would. I would everywhere. say the only thing Sony has is that the PlayStation. Yep, that I can think of. Yep. Yeah, and it, you know, it has direct competition too. Yep. So, and even that, like, even I remember that was a ballsy move for them when they first jumped in the video game market. Oh, they were like, I mean, pl- when PlayStation came out, that was the thing that changed. Yeah, that changed, that changed a lot of things. That, that was that Xbox and that I think uh, Nintendo did the Dreamcast. But even now, like the dream, it, I don't know what the fuck the Nintendo. The, how the PlayStation? It's still pretty huge, I guess. But yeah, man. yeah, we I have a PlayStation Four in my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. What is Sony's biggest tentpole in the film department besides Spider Man? That's gone now. Oh man. That's a good question. They had uh Spider I don't even know. Sony's tentpole films. Let's see here. Give me give me one second. I type that in and the first thing that pops up, Sony needs more big screen franchises. Ah, see, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh well they had After Earth, which fucked Ugh, which sucked, White House Down. Uh, this is Lame. an article from 2014, though. So it had Goosebumps, Pixels, all bad films. Yeah, they, they suck. Oh wow, <laughs> they got nothing, and now they they they, they 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 sold hey, Spider-Man off. Jesus, give Rug Boy a call. I got a shitload of franchises. <laughs> I think uh, Sony should be in the Rug Boy business. Yeah, we want to be in the Rug Boy business. That they've tried to make tentpole wise it all bombed. Let's see. Wait, wait uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was back in the day. Yeah. No, no. The new oh, one. Oh, the new one. The new one. Angry Birds, which was the, the number one movie. 
Angry Birds and Ghostbusters were their top films. And then they had Magnificent Seven and Passengers. Yeah, they're just blowing Again, it. Again, not great stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't a have much. A couple of hits. No, they need they a franchise. They so, really need that. They really need Spider Man. They really I need think something. they may. I don't know. Those they may sell the whole fucking. Jeez, they have a lot of shitty. I mean, Smurfs. They had oh, that. <laughs> the Emoji <laughs> Movie. Oh God, that oh, so hey. that movie is what they're they're resting a lot of pressure on that movie. Jumanji. That movie, they think the Emoji Movie is gonna be a huge hit and uh, bring them a lot of money. If it, Hopefully. it could be. I mean, I don't know what they're, I, I have no idea what they're going for, but if they go for that like cartoony, but adult comedy kind of thing, like the, uh, the movie about the sausages and shit. Oh, sausage party. Yeah. yeah. Like that kind with of the, tone. Yeah. It might be funny with the emoji movie. Yeah, why not? I mean, fuck, mm. dude, Lego movie is is, yeah. is hot. Yeah, but they, they're going to want to go, they're probably going to want to target the kids with the emoji movie. Yo, Are you serious? I think Sony should just buy Mega Blocks and make Mega Blocks movies. I, I think more adult adults use emojis way more oh, than that's kids. A, that is interesting. Like an adult emoji movie, kind of like Sausage Party, that would be interesting. I'd watch that. Hmm. I'd illegally stream that the day it came out. I mean, oh, let's, let's, let's be honest, though. All of these things are like not a sure thing at all. No. Oh. <laughs> so Sony, look, maybe your best bet is to sell the whole fucking movie division. Well, they're remaking losses. Jumanji, right? With The Rock. That's the one with The Rock also. Oh, is it? Think, is right. it? Yeah, and somebody else is in that. I don't know if Jumanji could be a franchise, though. I don't know. What does Sony have? I don't know. What are Sony's top movies of all time? Let's see. Jesus, the top five highest grossing movies by Sony Pictures. Oh, right. they got James Bond. James Bond, yes. that's what they need. Here, first three, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, and then Skyfall. They got bad boys. And then They're number five is Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man. So, four of the top five highest grossing movies by Sony's pictures is Spider-Man, which they sold back to Marvel. Lame. You know, what's funny, too, is you think, like, Bond will just last forever. But yeah. I read this article where it's like, they pointed out all these franchises that have just died. Yeah. Like Conan, Hercules, right. Fucking John Carter. Like these are things that like were popular back in the day. And it like, just because they had a name back in the day, doesn't mean that it's going to last. I wonder how much longer the bond franchise can go. This that's what I'm, that's where I'm going. I'm looking for that. another one. I don't know one. how much longer the bond franchise has. Yeah, it is almost, it's kind of like the circus. It's becoming outdated. <laughs> you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah, they really, they need they need a property that's gonna like really or just leave the movie business altogether. Yeah, just be like, you know what? We had a good run. All right, hit it. me up on hit me up on Twitter at really rug boy <laughs> Sony. You know, if you one last look, you put all your money into rug boy. He will I deliver. You, I'll produce. <laughs> He'll deliver some fucking thing. <laughs> I can see a rug boy trilogy. That's my new thing. Place. I'm just gonna tell movie companies to hire me. <laughs> I will get you a hit. Look, right. they suck. Look, they have all of these fucking big, big wig paid guys, and they make no money. So, like, how bad can it be? It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Like, you just need half a brain to put this fucking shit yeah. together. Jesus. All right, let's move on to a studio that has not made a bad movie and continues to make hits. And that's the MCU. Uh, some news regarding Thor Ragnarok. Uh, we, we, uh, there was some uh, remarks Kevin Feige had said on the uh, set of Guardians of the Galaxy how uh, we might see the franchise expand. First of all, I read that there's only three scenes that occur on Earth in this movie, which is pretty awesome. So this thing is going to be fully cosmic space movie. Okay. He also said Thor Ragnarok is going to go beyond the nine realms and into more Guardian-style territory. 
He said on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know about branching off from this, but certainly inhabiting similar areas from this. A lot of our upcoming movies will. I mean, the upcoming movies will be as much up here as they are on Earth. Starting with not Spider-Man, starting with Thor Ragnarok. There are three seeds on Earth in Thor Ragnarok. Everything else is Asgard. And not all of these worlds, but world that certainly, let's put it this way, in Thor lingo, it's beyond the nine realms. There are other planets that we spend a lot of time on in Thor Ragnarok that certainly people would say, oh, that's sort of like the Guardians world, but they're just other areas of the Marvel's Cosmos universe, which is uh, it's awesome. After Guardians, we're going to have like, we're going to get like two awesome space Marvel movies this year. They're really expanding everything, you know, they're really trying to make their stamp and not only having Marvel exist on Earth that we know, yes. you know, but, you know, all these other different realms and planets that we read in the comic books, those are now getting touched on it. It's, it's going to be great. I mean, what they're doing is 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 fucking crazy original. Like they're really setting the tone like no other like Star Wars done this like world building, but no other really other Films that have done multi-planet type things. And not through 14 movies. And I'm, I mean, no. how, how refreshing is it that this year, only one of the three movies from the MCU will take place like entirely on Earth. And we're going to get to see some crazy shit in those other two what's, awesome movies. What's cool about Marvel is there's, there's storytelling, although not the most complicated. There's always, every movie, there's what they call duality in storytelling, which is... I saw that uh, video. Yeah. So it's yeah. there. there's the story that you're seeing, but then this is also a part of a bigger picture. And every time there's a new movie, they're like, wait, we're unlocking this pocket of the universe. Yes, we're adding. Here's something else that was going on that you didn't know about. Now, the really one only criticism of the MCU, and I know what you know what I'm going to say, listener, is the villains have been lacking. Oh, shit. Uh, Like, just spitting out these names. You know, Loki was awesome, but... What do these characters have in common? Ironmonger, Malaketh, Ronin, Zemo, Yellowjacket. All kind of underwhelming villains in some way. And they're dead. And they're all well, not dead Zemo, or, but... captured, or captured. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I would captured. actually say Zemo was all right. But all right. I, I, point taken. Right. He, I, I, I mean, Zemo is probably the best out of them. But apparently more other comments that Faiji said in the same set visit from Guardians of the Galaxy back in April – that they're kind of okay with this problem and they really aren't going to be changing it too soon. Why? Because they do it to serve the story. So Faiji has said, it always starts with what serves the story the most and what serves the hero the most. A big criticism of ours is that we focus on the heroes more than villains. I think that's probably true. He says, Ronan's great. Lee Pace did an awesome job. Absolutely serves it. But certainly was there to go up against our heroes and to give our heroes a reason for coming together. Loki, a great character, serves in a lot of ways Thor. Zemo served that conflict between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War. Faiji suggested the two villains in Guardians of the Galaxy, Aisha and Taserface, it's a great name, will also fit the role of serving the story rather than standing out on their own. He says Taserface and Aisha are less grandiose in their ambitions than Ronan was, for instance. Aisha just wants to kill them for slighting her. And Taserface wants to lead the Ravagers and thinks that yeah, thinks that Yandu got soft. Uh, and he also goes, this part is the best. He also goes on to say, in a movie that has a lot of characters, you could almost go so far as to say that Thanos is the main character. Geek boner. That's a bit of a departure from what we've done before, but that was appropriate for a movie called Infinity War. So that statement was about Thanos and Infinity War pretty much being the main character of the movie. It's crazy. 
Well, it's so interesting that you hear this guy talking and he clearly knows what he wants out of his movie. Yes, he's got a plan. And there you go. But DC, take a page. And you know, despite, he obviously knows what he's doing. Look And look at what he's saying. Despite they know the criticism. They know everyone harps on them on their shitty villains. But he's like, you know what? This We're doing this because it serves the story and it's the right thing to do and the right way to do it. I'm, and I appreciate that honesty. Well, I don't know if it's the right way. I mean, they could definitely, the villains definitely can be better. We, I mean, we had that awesome video essay where Joker was an amazing foil to Batman. Yeah. And yep. that could be something that they could do for their Marvel movies and, and, and really strengthen their heroes. But I've said it before on this show, and I, and I really believe it. They do not want any of their villains to be cooler than the hero. Yeah, I think they got scared by Loki a little bit. Too. Loki, the Loki is the one villain that sometimes scare, does scare them because he is yeah. kind of cooler than Thor. Yes, what they way don't more want yeah. is a Dark Knight, where they don't want everyone talking about the Joker. They want yes. people talking about the hero yeah. at the end of the film. That's uh, well, it's and, and whether that's a mistake or not. Yeah, that's the outcome after every film is people talk about the hero. Yeah, no, that's, it, that's it, it, what they're intending to do is what always happens. The people just they, no one talks about their villains. That's correct. So they're doing what they want to do. And that's funny. The last quote in this article says exactly that. Faiji said in 2008, two superhero movies that came out talking about Iron Man and the Dark Knight, one focused on the villain, one focused on the hero. And we at Marvel looked at them like, yeah, we focus on the heroes. We don't mind that. We like that. So I, I get, like you said, Ruggs, the man, he, they had a plan in mind and they're not deviating despite what anyone says. They're not caving. They're not being knee jerk reactionary assholes. Oh shit. Like a certain, certain other studio is. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Look, and it, it kind of like, now that we know what to expect, I think it will kind of take the sting off the fact that these, these villains are sucky. If you put it in this, you know, content. Well, no, it's not like great that the villains suck on purpose, but like, at least you know that there's a method to their madness. They had to make a choice. Yeah. You yeah. had to make a choice. We're going to go with the. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say I'm, I'm cool with it, but yeah. I understand. And I, I'm, I'm happy that they can explain their thoughts to people. They're sticking and to their I thoughts. also think that Feige is kind of smart for not being like, yeah, no, that's not a real problem. We're, we're going to make the villains cool. Like he's going to tell you, no, we're not going to make the villains cool, but he, they're probably going to make the villains a little cooler because right. they have criticism. And they're going to adapt to it a little bit. But they're not going to say it and put it out there because they're not they're not going to expect make that expectation of okay now you're expecting the villains to be great yeah no what's that saying uh, under promise over serve over, over deliver. deliver yes that's what you want to do that is the smart way to approach this yeah, and they're I'm smart sure that they're going to tweak the villains in the future Marvel don't fuck around uh, okay let's move on to the small screen some TV news we're going to go back to the DCEU because guess what people. The CW really should just be called the fucking DC comic book channel. It's getting another DC superhero TV show. And this one is Black Lightning. Oh, shit. (laughs) Despite receiving a big production commitment at Fox, Deadline reports that Black Lightning is on its way to the CW. The network already hosts Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, iZombie, and Riverdale. But a new comic book property is being added to its lineup. Uh, Greg Berlanti is developing the series alongside the game and being Mary Jane creator Mara Brock Akil and her husband Sam Akil. Fox decided against shooting the pilot after deciding that the superhero show, this is in quotes, was not a good fit into its already crowded genre drama space that includes the DC WB TV series Gotham and Lucifer, Seth MacFarlane's upcoming space dramedy, 
and Two Pilots, the un- the X Men theme drama written by Matt Nix and The Passage, all from Twentieth TV. So oh. they were full. They're like, look, we're not we're not going all in. Fucking like you said, CW will take anything. I, I'll say this: um, it deserves to be on CW. Uh, Berlanti, does that man ever fucking sleep? Holy no, shit. No, how are you writing all this fucking stuff? My, Jesus Christ. The third thing is, and maybe you two can in, uh, educate me, who the fuck is Black Lightning? Good question. <laughs> all I know is Anthony. a black guy that wears a lightning bolt on his chest and is dressed in blue and yellow. So Black Lightning, uh, one of the first major African-American heroes in DC Comics history. Uh, it revolves around a dude named Jefferson Pierce. Uh, it says here he made his choice. He hung up the suit and his secret identity years ago, but with a daughter hellbent on justice and a star student being recruited by a local gang, he'll be pulled back into the fight as the wanted vigilante and DC legend Black Lightning first appearance, Black Lightning number one, way back in 1977. Now, is Static Shock an offshoot of this? Static Shock was that other imprint that was from DC, Icon, though. Right? Icon. Was uh that was that was DC that was like another universe. I'm surprised they didn't. They're not pitching that because that would be static uh, shocks more well known amongst the youth. I yes, think. and it'd be like a hip show, uh, to do now. But they're I mean Black Lightning another fucking and I'm sure they're gonna interact. I, I'm worried that they're gonna the people who like Static Shock is gonna be like, why are you ripping off Static Shock and making they don't they won't know that Black Lightning came first. Black Lightning came way before Static yeah. Shock was like in the 90s, right? Yeah. Static Shock 1993. And, and kids still watched it like up until recently. I, ha- I have a very interesting quote from Wikipedia. So take it yeah. as you will. Yeah. Uh, in January 2017, Berlanti stated the series, if ordered, would not cross over with his other DC Comics television oh. properties on the CW, nor would it exist in their established universe. Well, that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's from uh, CBR.comicbookresource.com. Yeah, this this but uh, that th- was when it was slated for Fox. Oh, so he probably wanted to keep it separate on Fox because, like, the CW shows clearly like Gotham. It's gonna, is, it's gonna have to cross over. Yeah, Gotham and Lucifer are clearly in their separate universes, but everything on the fucking CW is all kind of. Even though Supergirl is another thing, they obviously they're all in the same universe. It's in the same universe, yeah. So eh, didn't dude, Legend, Legends move to Tuesdays, right? So Legends moved to Tuesdays, and I feel like the ratings got slightly better. So now it's just Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday two shows, Wednesday. They opened up the Thursday, but they're just going to fucking, it's going to be all comic book shows on the CW, which is, I'm okay with that, I guess. But, hey, man, yeah. you make your money, you make your riches in the niches. Right? Make your riches in the, as long as he's not burned out on writing his shit, like how is he show running all this fucking shit, developing everything? I mean, I think it's a smart play, but like they're they're they they're moving away. I mean, they still have that like kind of CWE teen ish kind of feel. Yeah, like they're moving away from that. Well, have you seen Riverdale? Did anybody catch the pilot of Riverdale? Wow. I saw it. Well, what'd you think of that? I don't know. I liked it. You did? Yeah. No, uh, I did. It was like uh, Ar- uh, Anthony. Did you ever read Archie comic books? Are you familiar with Archie? I, know and what Archie yeah, I don't care books. about Archie. 
I was just like, there's hot chicks. So it's like a, it's like a, a modern day imagining a Riverdale where like Betty is on, uh, she's on fucking antidepressants. Archie's fucking the teacher. There's a murder in the beginning. It's like a dark 90210. Yeah, but if just, it was Archie, if it would have been Archie, I wouldn't have watched it. If it would have been Archie comics, it, I wouldn't yeah, like it. It really has nothing, but you know, the comic books also kind of would update themselves. Like they had cell phones in them now, like the Archie comics that come, but this is like some, it's just a teen dark drama that happens to have, Archie names, so well they're not I fully movie. I mean, the casts are always going to be yeah. young, skew younger I, and pretty. Rugs, I couldn't get through the first episode. I was like, nope. I was just like, hey, I'm like, I'm gonna watch this because I don't know anything about Archie. It is. I, I'm like, I just know that I would never even entertain reading one of those comic books because it looks stupid. Listen, I credit but, I credit Archie for like I think I learned to read because of Archie comic books because I had a bunch of them when I was young. My cousins gave them to me and I remember like that was the first shit I ever read. See there you go. See there this is the this is the conundrum is that you have fans that expect something and then you have the non fans who don't give a shit. And that's what we deal with every day. Every day. Movies. Like how the fuck so Archie for me is uh lame. Boo, it gets a I don't like it. You're probably and you probably have the right opinion of it. I don't like it. And I don't like much, right? I don't like the fucking Riverdale. Uh let's you move don't on to something. I don't like much. That's you what like I meant everything. To say. I don't not like much is what I meant to yeah. say. And here's something that I fucking love, which is this new trailer. For Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. Uh, we got kind of a first full trailer with now for people who don't know Iron Fist, this is a great trailer because it kind of gives you like his origin story real quick. Uh, it introduces you to Danny Rand, the supporting people. You see a lot of cool kung fu. What do you guys think of this uh, first official trailer? It was funny when I was watching it. I was watching with a bunch of people. Yeah. And they don't know anything about Iron Fist. Right. They didn't know what it was that I put on. Like, okay. Check this out. Okay. And they're like, is this Batman? <laughs> is this Batman? What is this? Is this Batman? Like, he's a millionaire. He's good. This kung fu. Yeah. I'm like, it's not Batman. I'm like, watch. His fist is going to light up. And they're like, what's well, like Batman with a, with a, with a fist? It's Marvel's Batman. You, you want- yeah. I'm like, <laughs> go ahead. So that, that, that was the reaction that I got when I watched. Okay. But I, I mean, I don't feel that way, but obviously it was like, try, I was trying to explain to them. No, it's not Batman. It's, it's, it's Iron Fist. So I, I like the trailer. I can't take any credit for this comparison, but I had to laugh after I, I was on Birth Movies Death. Yeah. And they were like, so basically Netflix is releasing their own version of Arrow. Because oh, shit. if you yeah. look at it, it's young rich kid goes away, yeah. parents die, comes yep. back, company not oh. his, tries to take over the company again. And All trained by assassins. Trained by assassins, knows kung fu, wants to take over the company that he lost when he was away, and he's fighting crime. Everything is Batman, really. That's all. Oh, Batman shit. slash CW's arrow. It's totally arrow. It's like a dark arrow. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. That's crazy. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how, how they, they can do yeah. something different. Yeah. But the cool stuff is like it says the final defender. You kind of see his like yellow and green costume for a second. I, that, that's uh, the only thing that kind of irked me from the trailer is we're not going to see his costume. He's not in his costume. And if he shows up in his fucking costume in the last the episode, yeah, I'm going to be like, what the fuck, dude? This is, this is a, a running thing now with net. Like they're just, they're just playing everybody. They're just trying. We're, we're actually playing happen. ourselves by expecting something different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting him to put on any kind of costume in this. We do see that he's a fucking badass. Uh, and, uh, you see, I love Colleen wing in the cage. She's like a cage fighter. That's pretty sick. Now, what'd you think of the, the martial arts parts? Like it does seem I, like I was going to ask some... rug boy that what, yeah. what do you think of his physicality? Does does it actually come off? Like he knows martial arts. 
I wasn't very like super impressed. I was like, okay, that's serviceable. Okay. I wasn't blown away. I wasn't like, oh shit. Like when I watched the first five minutes of Into the Badlands, yeah, I was like, oh, this is some next level fucking kung fu shit that's on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe they're saving. So, maybe they're saving the good stuff. And even when I've seen some scenes of Daredevil, I yeah. was like, okay, this is some yeah. this is some high level fight scenes, but. I mean, I've watched plenty of action shows that are TV that have way better action. So that would be my ex- expectation of the show is some high level kung fu. So yeah, you got hand to hand combat, you got sword to sword, axe to sword, all sorts of uh, martial arts weapons. Uh, I love the the callback to the second season of Daredevil where you see Madame Gao. It's kind of the the bad, the big bad, and you see the little serpent uh, insignia on that thing. Yeah, I'm not so. exactly clear what. Who the villain is. I mean, the villain is that guy that's running the company, but then there's Madame Gao. Well, part of it is like the the the, the Meachams are like they want Danny Rand out because he his like the father owned half the company, so and he may have like killed his parents or some shit, right? Maybe. Yeah. Uh and Probably. then yeah, and uh and then you got gang stuff going on, and the hand may be in this. Rose Rose the you see Rosario Dawson Rosario as Dawson, uh, yeah. Claire Temple, kind of the glue in the Netflix universe. The Phil and Coulson of the Netflix universe. The Phil Coulson. I like that a lot in the end where he's like, I'm the Iron Fist. She's like, what the hell is that? Which is what everyone is asking while they're watching this trailer. So, But that is uh, coming out. March? March 17th. Yeah, next month. Fuck. March, is, March has got Logan and Iron Fist. March is going to be awesome. Uh, all right, a couple of other bits. I got a piece of art that was uh, sent to us from listener Adam Morris, our uh, science buddy. Uh, podcast science advisor Adam Morris off Twitter says, I'm sure you guys have seen this, but if not, I thought you'd appreciate it, given your Godzilla love. Looks old school and badass. And what it is, is Legendary has released a Japanese poster for Kong Skull Island, and it's fucking sick. Like, it is in an old school kaiju Godzilla uh, fashion. This was created by legendary art but Japanese, better. but better. Legendary Japanese artist Yuji Kaida. Kong and the island's other monsters take center stage uh, with rich colors and exuberant renditions of key elements from the film. The poster creates a sense of kinetic energy around the mega monsters of the movie by showcasing some of the heavy hitters shown in several of the trailers and TV spots. And it's got kind of like a Vietnam era thing at the bottom because I believe the movie does take place in the 70s. Like this will be before Godzilla 2014. About yeah. the beginning of Monarch, but uh, Rugs Anthony, what do you guys think of this uh, this kind of Godzilla Japanese uh, art style poster? It's fucking awesome. Well, first of all, this fucking poster has a million things in it. There is, there's, uh, there's so much. Like you see all kinds of shit. There's like pterodactyls. There's a giant squid, or or I'm assuming is yeah. A there's giant squid, squid tentacles. There's the skull crushers. There's Kong squishing a helicopter. Yeah, there's like some kind of tree thing with eyeballs, and there's a giant bison and then there's like little dudes running around spider spider. too yeah it's a big spider it's like jam-packed with like all these elements from the movie uh it looks cool i like it too i I linked you guys actually and they've done a really good job with their posters if you look at the link i sent you they also did another one that was very um apocalypse now-esque like they look just ripped it actually from apocalypse now that's a great poster but yeah they're doing a really good job of uh just incorporating, like embracing the different genres that this movie is is trying to encapsulate. Look at the scale of Kong in that one. That's fucking Apocalypse fantastic. Now. Yes. Yeah, I and if you look it. up Apocalypse Now, it's it's literally ripped from. They did. They did. They, they paid homage. Yeah, this, I mean, the design. So this guy, Kaida, has done uh, several pieces 
with Godzilla and Gundam. So uh, I bet John Bellotti knows this guy's work. And it reminds me of kind of like a Bellotti composition. Like John's work does, he does kind of the same thing with a bunch of vignettes and things all composed. They're, they're doing a good, together. they're both posters that the one you guys right? linked and the one I linked. I, I like both. Super sweet. They're, bo- I can't they're, both, wait. Cool. they're yeah. both posters that like you would print out and like hang on your wall. So, absolutely. You know, whereas like absolutely. a lot of the Marvel posters that are just Photoshopped, you're like, God damn it. This looks terrible. Uh, they have to stop doing that, yeah. especially the Avengers ones were so bad. Look, another reason to be excited for March. This thing comes out March 10th. Geek you know that um, also is I, another reason you should commission artists to do fucking posters. Exactly. That's right. Not Whoa. just a fucking assistant dude that you tell him, put this head here first and then put these little heads around it. And then we need an explosion. Okay, it's good. Go. Yeah, then it's more, it's a piece of art. You yeah. can enjoy it that way. Yeah, it's like I love it because it's it's so old school. Like uh, you don't really see a lot of this. You don't got the the Drew Struzans are gone. You know, I miss the Drew Struzans. That's right. Uh, Speaking of kaiju movies and more pictures of designs, Pacific Rim Two has given uh, a first look at the new Jaegers in a. uh, It was a licensing uh, convention, I guess, and there's a licensing book. So like, this wasn't even meant for the public, but of course, it's going to get out there. They're filming in uh, Sydney, I guess, right now, and. They're uh, courting licensors with their movies. So they put out a piece and we have these three Jaegers rugs. You're the Pacific Rim guy. Uh, Why don't you describe these and uh, whether you like them or not? Well, uh, basically, they look like they're kind of counterparts or like iterations or evolutions of what we saw in the first Pacific Rim. So you got this red one that looks like the red typhoon minus the third arm. Um and you have a uh, Gypsy Danger evolution that looks like a more evolved Gypsy Danger that looks kind of more uh, like a Gundam or a Japanese, you know, anime character. And then you got like something that's reminiscent of Cherno Alpha that's more heavy duty and brown. Um, it, you know, they look great. Uh, I mean, they're tr- keeping in the tradition of like how Gypsy Danger was one big blue color and Red Typhoon was one big red color and. Easy to identify. The, uh, Cherno Alpha was one big green color or yeah. whatever. So they're they're kind of keeping the tradition, but they look a little bit more generic, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't not like it. I think it's cool. I would buy these figures. If I I could buy these robots, they're cool. I just think that they should maybe uh you know, one thing I didn't didn't like is that they're all just one solid color. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like the, if you ever look at like Japanese animation, the the uh, the mechs they usually have like a little couple of stripes or some kind highlight of highlight like, colors. Uh, yeah, highlight colors for different areas. The kind of maybe like the the thighs are a different color than the uh, than the bottom of their legs look like they have boots on or something. You know, something to kind of break it up a little bit more. But uh, I really like this. I really really like this. I mean, it looks like a little bit more glammed up. It doesn't look as down and dirty and more as utilitarian as the Pacific Rim original guys. Yeah, I uh, Hugo Martin did the a lot of the design work for Gypsy Danger. And That's right. That we went. To, he went to Pratt also. That's right. Fuck Pratt. Uh, that was yep. the main one. Uh, fuck Pratt. <laughs> Anthony, comment. No, I mean, like, I mean, especially when you look at these images in comparison to the the cyborg image, just a lot yeah. less busy and and just a yeah. lot cleaner. This is what we were talking about, the cyborg, which is why we were talking. I was thinking about this. Like, it is streamlined. It's cleaner. There's more solid pieces. They look more, uh, uh, you know, there's more volume. Like, they, they're actual. They make sense. Yes, it makes more sense. 
So Stephen S. Knight uh, is uh, directing this one, and they are. They've been shooting in Sydney, oh, Australia. Wow. He's the guy that did season two with Daredevil. Yep. Same showrunner, and uh, they've been shooting for the past few months, and they said there may be an upgraded Gypsy Danger. That was the main one, right? The Gypsy Danger? Yep. Yeah. The big blue one. With the, yeah. The blue cowboy. With the big, uh, the big uh, round uh, kind of engine, jet engine thing in his chest, which is awesome. Yeah, the nuclear engine. Awesome. So very exciting for uh, Pacific Rim Kaiju fans. And then finally, in the world of comics, I want to shout out uh, our buddy Eric Garneau, who works at Pastime, who is in the comics retail industry, posted this interesting article from Bleeding Cool on Facebook. And it's basically about Marvel's plans with what they're going to do upcoming this year. And what their plan is, is they're going to go less political with their X-Men. Oh, shit. Uh, it's very weird. So, like, you know how we talked about Greg Berlanti developing all these series? Well, Arrow creator and showrunner Mark Guggenheim is going to be the new lead writer for the X-Men comics. And he gave a very telling interview talking about the future of the characters. He said, it's more about the X-Men as heroes than the X-Men as a struggling minority fighting for their very existence. That existential crisis is being tabled for the time being. Now, if you have read X-Men comic books at all, listener, you know that the whole concept is that it's a social fable. It's social commentary. It's, uh, you know, it talks about oppressed minorities and uh, insight into social issues. And uh, is that, you know, I have a couple of theories. One being Ike Perlmutter, CEO of Marvel, is very good buddies with the Donnie. And he might have had a call to say, hey, back off. We're going to be doing some things. Uh, at the on the other hand, you know, they Marvel is still political with what they're doing right now with Secret Empire or Secret Shadow, and the Civil War was kind of political. Uh, but I don't know if I like this move because they're going to bring their X Men line back, but it's not going to be what it should be, which is social commentary. Guys, what do you think? I don't think that's a great move, but. If I remember correctly, when I got into X-Men, it was more about adventures. Uh, you know, it wasn't so heavy on the uh, political stuff. But, um, which is okay. But I, uh, that always has to be there, though. I think it, that the political aspect has to be there in some way. It's it's always been there in comic books, and especially in Marvel. Let's not forget, in the 40s, they fucking had a cover where... Captain America is punching Hitler. Oh, shit. I mean, Marvel was always the one that was grounded in reality, and it did take on uh, social topical subjects, whereas DC was more well, listen, the iconic shit. We could see the Disneyfication of Marvel happening when Spider-Man's not even punching anybody anymore. Anthony, does right? it bother you that Marvel is now steering these comic books in line with their movies and kind of uh, watering them down almost by ta- going this way with the X-Men? You know, actually it doesn't, because at least for the X-Men... It's always had that political kind of feel, but as Brug Boy said, there's also a lot of fun and adventure with the X-Men, and you can ex- it doesn't have to be one thing. It, do- it doesn't have to be True. this political commentary all the time, because you know, being serious all the time wears on people. And the X-Men, a lot of their stuff is really fucking adventurous, and like just family dynamics, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, so like, I don't know, it doesn't bother, as long as they don't forget about these things. They can delve into other aspects of the X-Men that are, that are entertaining the people. I mean, on the other hand, right now, like everything is taken as a political thing. Maybe, you know, and comic books are an escape. Maybe they, you know, uh, cut back on it a little bit. But you're right. They can't forget it forever because 
superhero comic books themselves need to be have political elements. I think sometimes, yeah. I mean, comic books can be anything. I mean, they're any they're anything to anybody. Really, I mean, they can be yeah. They yeah. can be escapism. They can be commentaries on politics. They can be adventure. They can be just fucking, you know, they can be anything, really. I mean, that's that's yeah. what's awesome about comics. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, especially independent comics, there's really nowhere you can't go. I think now that the big corporate uh, company is taking over Marvel and then and they have, you know, a little bit more responsibility mm. or you know, they have a, a little bit more influence over what Marvel can do. Uh, so we're going to start seeing a lot of this kind of watering down or reshaping the, it's of the Marvel. Disneyfication a little bit. And I just think yeah. it's funny that like DC's rebirth is kind of uh, killing it at the sales right now. And Marvel comics are not doing well. Uh, yeah, get rid of dance lots. <laughs> as a consequence. I had to throw it in. Like, I, I think I may start to agree with you because he's I think you need to hand it off to someone else. He's done. Uh, I'm still reading it, but enough already. With hey, man, I, I told you like years ago, but no one wants to listen. No, he is he is way past his stay. Like he has just overstayed his fucking welcome. All right. Give it to yeah. someone else. All right. Well, that's it for the news, people. Uh, we'll play a couple of fun promos and we'll talk about some TV shows. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey folks, my name is Trip Lano, and I am one of the co-hosts of Dissecting the 80s here with my tag team partner, Andrew Lano. Every other week, we get together and talk about a weird 80s movie, making fun of the clothes and the drama and the hair. And we also have fun little side discussions, like I try to make every romantic scene underscored by Roll to Me. Has there ever been like the Nicholas Sparks swamp? <laughs> she was a girl, he was a swamp. That's not Nicholas Sparks. That's late 90s. She's all that. And I try and talk the logistics of how flying cars would work. So are the medians going to have like football goalposts to make them higher now so you don't cross an oncoming traffic? Yeah. What happens if the guy in second row over, third car down, needs to get off to the right? I should have thought of that. So if you want a little more of that, check us out at dissectingthe80s.com or available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Do you like drama? Drama makes me emotional. That's what it's supposed to do. It's drama. It's dramatic. Do you like comedy? comedy? I love comedy, Johnny. It's the best thing there is. It takes your mind off all your troubles in your world. You know that there are children starving in Africa right now. Is that a joke? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Do you like Alyssa Milano like and Doctor Who? I love Alyssa Milano. She's like my favorite actress. I love Alyssa Milano too, but I think I might love Doctor Who more than Alyssa Milano. That is because you're a nerd. Yeah, I am. Drinking in the Park with Neil and Johnny, the internet's only Doctor Who Who's the Boss podcast. Except for that Dutch one. What a bunch of weirdos. Listen on neilandjohnny.com, droidscanada.com, and on the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Bananas. Hey, my name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. Hey, my name is Paul, too, and I'm also not an animal expert. And together, we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Yeah, each week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. 
But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish and how intelligent we think that animal would be on a scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. But completely different in every way. New episodes go live every Thursday on BlazingCaribouStudios.com. Come listen to the Varmints Podcast and become an animal expert today. Anthony, I'm going to try this again. Use your powers of sales for good instead of evil and sell the listener on why they should join our awesome fan club at jockinerd.com slash Patreon. Go. All right, asshole. You have a dollar. If you don't have a dollar, don't fucking listen to the show. All right. So you probably have a dollar, like a dollar in change every month. Instead of fucking keeping that change in your like goddamn sofa cushion. Just give it to us because you listen to the show and you're not using that goddamn dollar anyways and you get a lot of cool shit like uh, instant reactions from movies, bonus shows, random shit we talk about, politics. Everyone loves politics, right? Fucking, <laughs> politics. Fucking donate and you'll listen to shit about politics. Yay. Story, Anthony hooking up with girls. Yeah, you'll get my fucking hookup stories. You can beat <laughs> off to that. It's real good stuff, <laughs> man. That's what Bro, I do. Bro, do you even podcast? <laughs> okay, well done. You can find all that jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. You'll be helping us out. There's hours and hours of bonus audio. Yeah, all myself? that shit. Yes. I just like that well we're all now yelling at the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, we're just angry that Look, you fucker. But if you already support us, thank you very much to everyone who supports us. Love you. Yeah. Everyone else, fucking get off your lazy ass. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go find a dollar uh, and donate. Go, it. Hey, it comes then, out to like then, a quarter a show. Yeah, and, and then just keep finding that dollar and donate. It's 12 bucks, asshole. What are you going to do with that 12 bucks? <laughs> buy like two footlongs and eat it, you fat schlub? You Fuck can't off. even buy <laughs> Twelve dollars will barely get you a large frappuccino at yeah, Starbucks. Uh, large uh, twelve dollars will get you like barely get you Chipotle extra meat and like chips. You won't even be able to get chips. It's less than the price of a ticket to a movie, listener. Oh shit! Right? How much is movies? Yeah, movies like are like fifteen bucks if you go at like. Not if you go three D IMAX, it's like twenty five dollars and some fucking. Yeah, money. you're you're already yeah. spending that movie money on like a movie that you probably won't like. So just use it with us because you don't like us either, but. I don't know. Uh, that my <laughs> well logic done, is going away. You point. try. You did. You did. Okay, that's a start. You did good. We'll work on it. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a TV show. But before I got to issue this spoiler alert. And a this TV is show or a couple TV shows. A couple. We're going to yeah. start. You made with, me watch a few. You ass fuck. Uh, I love forcing Anthony to watch television. That's the best. Uh, that's the most satisfaction I get out of the show. We're going to start with DC's first attempt oh at God. a network sitcom called Powerless. Uh, the show is on right now. Actually, the second episode just not aired. Right now? It was it's on. It was on at seven thirty. Yeah, tonight. Oh, uh, starring uh, you got your Vanessa Hutchins, Ron Funches, Alan Tudyk, Danny Pudi, some other assholes. Uh, about uh, Wayne Industries, Wayne Security R and D department, where they're making products to protect defenseless people. From superheroes, God, who wants to start? Well, let, let, let's start. Wait, wait, before we get into it, we, we're all going to bash this. <laughs> so let, let's just start. Is there anything good okay, anybody yeah. can say about this? Very, good. I like that. I and, and I will liked... start. And I, let, me, okay, let me start. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is my moment here. Yes. Okay. Uh, Vanessa Hutchins is okay to look at. I like her. Uh, she's half <laughs> Filipino, I believe. Um, oh, she is? I, I think she's that. got a little Filipino in her. Oh, let me find out. I'll put a little Filipino in her. Would you like some? You got a little Filipino in you? Uh, you want some? There was like, 
two or three moments where I, I, I have to admit, maybe it's just because I have bad sense of humor, but I laughed. Um, the one line that stuck out to me was when they're talking about uh, Alan Tudyk's character, Van Wayne, holy fuck, is talking about... <laughs> uh, cousin. Yeah, he's talking about things happening overnight, and she's like, things, these things don't happen overnight. And he goes, the man left a lime in a beer, literally the overnight. <laughs> Uh, have, that it's called it's called a Wayne Light Wayne Lime. Light, yeah. All right, that's like all I got. That's all the good really? stuff I got. So Vanessa Hutchins' mother is from the Philippines. Her father is Irish and Native American. So that's why she has this amazing exotic look to her. I agree. I was not. I didn't. She's from High School Musical. Like I don't know the Vanessa Hutchins at all. I have. She's big with uh, in in my uh, my age in group. your age group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she was in the thirteen. Yeah, I I was not familiar with her. Always also a star of the fapping. Oh, um, she got fapping too. Oh shit! Uh, with the Melissa, let me tell you about what I think about this show. Okay, Let's, no, yeah, you gotta I tell hear us it. what you like. No, no, what you like, Rugs? You got anything? Oh, I have nothing that I like. Okay, so I might just start with. Well, the hold bag. on, I got a couple of likes. Oh. I liked the opening credits. I thought that was cool, where they had uh, comic book illustrations and DC moments, and they kind of drew the people in the background. I enjoyed Adam West narrating. That was a little. Oh, that fun. was Adam West. Yeah, it was Adam West. Uh, that was a fun throwback. Adam dying. It does. He's he's very old, people. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked all the DC references. Now, whether they were placed well or not is to be debated, but you saw, like, anti-Joker Venom. You saw Starro. They said Batman a lot. He goes, Shazam! Nothing happens. And uh, that's really all I have as far as the positives. Rugs, go! Well, so the show is called Powerless, yeah. and that's how I felt watching it. I felt like I was being raped. Ah. Oh, shit. I felt like they were raping me. I felt like I was like, I don't want to watch this. Stop making it. Stop. I don't want to watch this. Make it stop. And they didn't stop no. in, until they were done. Luckily, it's only half an hour. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Hudgens is the one saving grace, not because of her acting, because I, I just saw her from the fappening, and I was like, okay, I can handle this. Ah, uh, I, I see. Close my eyes and picture no clothes on there. <laughs> 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 Geek boner. <laughs> Her acting isn't great. Like, okay, make a character that you like. Yeah, I don't like Vanessa Hudgens. No, I don't like little. I don't like little bubbly. Uh, yeah. You know, people who are a positive. It's kind of annoying. And whatever, she's got no moxie. She's got no edge to her. And they're probably gonna write write it in. But in the pilot episode, I was just like, I hate you. All right. I mean, it's, if you're going if you're gonna do new girl with superheroes, like at least make the quirky part. You just you don't buy that she's the director of R and D for anything. No, really. Oh, she's really? got a lot of photos on the fappening. Oh shit! He's looking them up. I can't. It'll be. I will be distracted. Uh, any Rugs? Anything else? No, it's a piece of shit, and it's gonna get canceled. The, here's the so, and Danny Pudi completely wasted here. Oh my god! Like I did not laugh once. I may have chuckled once or twice, but like there was no laugh in it. Alan, listen, it, Alan Tudyk was the best for yeah. a guy to uh, save a show. It's not gonna be Danny Pudi. <laughs> He's great on Community, but he's great in the ensemble. Like, that whole yes. ensemble was great. And him and Danny Glover were very strong playing off each other. But with Dapudi alone trying to, it just, it uh, it doesn't work. The writing is horrible. Alan Tudyk is the best thing, and he just barely manages to save these shitty lines that they have them say. You know, and it has the NBC gloss, whatever. It's NBC. So part of the problem may be here that the show was supposed to be something completely else and got retooled top to bottom uh, just about a couple of months ago, and uh, it kind of 
feels like it's thrown together. So from uh, an article from TVGuide.com, it said the original concept for Powerless featured Hutchins portraying a young insurance adjuster who handled coverage related to the damage and destruction caused by the frequent battles between heroes and villains. That's kind of like damage control from Marvel's idea. The retooling process began 15 weeks in, something executive producer Patrick Schumacher told reporters at the Television Critics Association Winter Press Tour earlier this month was it was necessary to be able to tell the stories they I wanted can't to wait tell. to see what the lofty stories that they wanted to tell. I can't even tell. They had what, to yeah. fucking make this right? piece of shit. Right? It's, it's just, so oh my, I mean, I'm going to give this three episodes, but I have a feeling wow. that I have to give it three because this pilot was rewritten. It's a fucking piece of shit. I want to see two more, but I feel like it's going to take five or six episodes, but I don't think yeah, I'm going to make I mean, it. Just a, uh, all right. It's Wayne, but it's not Wayne. Yeah. Like what universe is this in? What The, the yeah, special effects were kind of like whatever. I don't know. I just and I didn't know. Want to do something about superheroes about normal people? I think there's a million other ways you could do. This it. is not the way to do this. And I knew this before this thing even aired. I was like, I love the idea, but this is they're not gonna they're not gonna nail it. And this is not the way to make a superhero comedy. It's just it's not. And I didn't know DC had a jack o' lantern. Also, like Marvel has a jack o' lantern. They also have a jack o' lantern. I guess so. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just very got- puzzled with what why they're going in this direction and what yeah. what they're even trying to accomplish with this. Are they, are, like Van Wayne, it, 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 it's it's kind of amusing, but it's really like what what are you talking about? Like so why are the, you I doing mean, that? The whole thing, the whole shtick's going to be him trying to do something to impress Bruce. Well, no, the whole the whole shtick is him. He's pissed off that he has to be there. Oh right, he wants to go to Gotham. He wants to go to Gotham, and he's just gonna, he's going to keep trying to undermine what they're trying to invent. Right. And then how soon, and like, you know, how soon are they not going to figure out that they're actually working for Batman? Like at the end, they were like, Batman used the same thing. That's weird. I wish we worked for Batman. Ah, it's so, it's so cheesy. It's not good. It's again, I usually not like, do not, not like things. Any episode of the Simpsons is funnier than that. Oh my God. Oh, that's by a long shot. You can't even, I would, any episode of Superstore, which came on before this is funnier than this. And that's not that good. Yeah. Uh, But. Wow, I'll give it a couple episodes. I don't see this fucking piece of shit getting better or surviving a first season. Uh, good Man, try. You, you really do not value your time at all, Imran. It's half an hour. You got to give it at least three. <laughs> oh you can't God. just judge it on the pilot. It's not fair. <laughs> just go to the internet and look up the fappening. Yeah, that'll that'll keep me uh, that while we were, that'll keep me talking. warm in between episodes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's really not much else to say about powerless. At least it was a half hour. When I first, when you first told me to watch it, I threw it on and I was like, if this fucking thing is an hour and I'm have to force to sit through this, I will kill Emron. Luckily it was half hour. It was a lot lot better. It's really only 22 minutes. Once you take all the commercials. Right. So 22 minutes. And there was one line that made me laugh. So there was that one line, but that's Tudyk just being funny. Like he saved that line. They all, they didn't give him a lot to work with. Okay. Let's move on. To another show, uh, which isn't a superhero show. It's not a comic book show, but it's an awesome fucking show. It is the revival of 24 Legacy. I'm going to do another spoiler. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This thing premiered right after the Super Bowl. And there was two episodes, actually. It premiered on Sunday and then had another episode on Monday. Uh, Whatever. Uh, It is, uh, like I said, it's not a reboot. It's a revival of this awesome series, 24. Now... Anthony, let me set up for you 24 real quick, since I know you probably never watched 24. Never seen an episode. 24 premiered November 2001. So right after 
This show airs. It ran eight seasons. Uh, they had a made-for-TV movie, 24 Redemption, between seasons six and seven in 2008. Then at, at the after the series ended, they took a hiatus, and they came back with a 12-episode series called 24 Live Another Day in 2014. And I watched every goddamn second of all those shows, 192 shows. Uh, at the conclusion of its eighth season, 24 was the longest-running U.S. espionage counterterrorism-themed television drama ever. Surpassing both Mission Impossible and the Avengers. So, I'm a huge 24 fan from fucking 2001. I, wa- I remember when the, the concept came out. I saw, I had to watch the first episode. Because I always wanted to see a show that was like minute for minute, real time. I was like, let's do a real time show. And that was all I needed to be hooked. And man, that first season of 24 was fucking awesome. Rugs, are you a 24 fan? No. You never watched the, the original? I mean, I did watch. Let me just finish. Okay. Uh, I did watch the original premiere. And I did watch a few episodes uh, of it, but uh, it's just something that I didn't gravitate towards. Too, I I I thought it was well done, and um, and you know, I thought that people who watched it were like not watching shit; they were watching something decent. It's just one of those things. Like, person of interest never just grabbed me. Um, That's a great. I, show. I, I I saw a few episodes of it and thought it was done really well, but it, something this is something that just doesn't make me want to pursue it. I don't know what it is. I can't really tell you what it is. I know it's a good show, but I just haven't watched it. You know, in context of pop culture, this is the show that made Kiefer Sutherland's Jack Bauer a household name. Everyone, this like blew this. This was huge for his career. He even like took over the Chuck Norris meme of being able to do shit. It was replaced by Jack Bauer can do everything. Like it's so funny because you, something like this that's done so well, I didn't watch. But yet I watched every episode of Nikita that w- that ran on Channel 11. That I mean, was, I keep on saying on WPIX or CW, whatever. That was like. not good, was it? It was not a... I loved it, but, yeah. like, uh, it was not a good show, no. Anyways, this time around, we got no Kiefer Sutherland. We got uh, the dude from Straight Outta Compton, and he plays Heath on, uh, what's it called? Uh, Walking okay. Dead. Uh, what's his name? Playing... Uh, Eric Carter. So we got a black bower. Oh, shit. And boy, is he a black bower. He's fucking badass. Look up his name. Come on, man. So I was looking it up. Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins lead. uh, Very diverse cast. Uh, This is uh, a very, and I'm very interested. Anthony, I made you watch this. We'll start with you. What did you think of the show? I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah, talking nerd. I've never seen an episode of Twenty Four in my life, but uh, I mean, it hooked me from the start, and I might it might have me hooked to watch the rest of this season. I will say, I mean, it, there's a ton of action, very kind of relevant to what's going on right now. But the only thing I'd say is the hour thing is really cool, except when you think about like how fast an hour really is, and all this shit yeah. that happens in in one hour. It's like, wait a minute. How the fuck's he getting across the city and still doing all this shit? Like he's yep. having the craziest yeah. hour of his life every yep. hour, every hour for twenty four hours. Dumps straight. for an hour. Like <laughs> that would be a very boring episode of twenty four. Yeah. Well, there's like the, I love this because it was a re- return to form, kind of the first season of twenty four. It's got your classic twenty four gimmicks, like you just said. Uh, Jack would always drive cross Los Angeles in like five minutes. Where you're like, there's no way he could have fucking driven that far. Uh, but it had. The, uh, it, it had the tension. This show was always a show where I was like white knuckling the couch and I couldn't breathe because just the ticking of the clock, uh, the clock, they changed to blue. It used to be gold. 
Now it's blue. But you got your CTU. You got your possible moles, double cross, triple red herrings on top of red herrings. Uh, you got the main character forcing other people to do things. Him being forced to do things real quick. Crazy things that are just completely unbelievable. But you don't give a fuck because it's just fun. And it's just it, it's uh, it's very exciting. The pacing's great. And at the end of every show, you're like, fuck, I have to, I got to watch the next one. It's, and it's got Zoom, Hunter Zolomon, Teddy Sears, like another bad guy. He always plays bad. Balky. Yeah. Balky Flash. And this time around, Eric Carter was part of a uh, Navy SEALs group that they stole something in an a, a attack in Afghanistan. And uh, the Arabs, the Arab terrorists, quote unquote, are coming back, killing all the, the elite squad to find this box, uh, possible terrorist cells that they're going to turn on in the nation. And uh, you have multiple storylines. You got some kids that are possibly terrorists. I, I I was really happy with this. I thought I would miss Jack Bauer, but I love Black Bauer. He's a great substitute. No, I think this is cool because, you know, it's, you got a cool black superhero now. He's fucking an action star. He's going to be the, you know, this is going to propel this guy if he does. Absolutely. You know, hits the gym a little more. Yeah. You know, because he's a little skinny. He's a little he skinny. A he's a little skinny. Yeah. If he hits the gym a little more and kind of gets his game up, this guy could be like the new action star. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very, uh, very charming, and you, you buy into him very quickly. Not only him, his fucking wife is badass off the top. Like, she uh, she fucking shoots some terrorists. She gets the gun. I was like, God damn, black woman nurse taking terrorists down. It was awesome. They're from the hood. Absolutely, and I love that move. Uh, what a brilliant move to hide his wife safe from the Arab terrorists. You put him in the ghetto. Oh, hey, shit. That, that actually made me real, real happy. I was because, I, look, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> the terrorists, uh, while they're crazy, they ain't stupid. They ain't going to the fucking hood. We're not going anywhere. Arabs, look, Arabs may be terrorists, but they're also slightly racist. They don't want to have anything to do with black people. So that's very accurate. It's all very real worldy. I thought that was great. She's surrounded by guys with guns. Like, that's the perfect place to hide her. Well, you know that 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 chick is gonna sell out, sell her out. Yeah, his girl. Yeah, yeah, the gangster who is his brother, Eric Carter's brother, and they used to be a thing with his wife. So there's all this little triangle thing, and she's already in the second episode trying to get uh, a coup from his own guys, take him down. Um, I and it will be 24 episodes, hour by hour. Uh, so it's it's awesome. You think you're gonna watch the rest of it, Anthony? I'm gonna try. I'm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll probably eventually catch up on it, but I've already seen the second episode and I, I've made it a point to DVR them. So, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of works better with like a couple. I hope they do the thing a couple of times. They would play two episodes in a row to kind of speed it up because then you got to wait 24 weeks with the breaks and the blah, blah, blah. It'd take forever. Although I don't remember if the show ever took a break when it was on. Like, the, the only so thing I could say is that might kind of like not wear on me, but I'm just going to like, all right, the show is kind of ridiculous is the hour, it being in real time and him having like the craziest hour every hour of the week. They never go to the bathroom. You never see them eat anything. I don't care about that. It's just, there's so like it with it. You're literally putting yourself in a box when you have it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they made it work for, you know, 200 episodes overall. Uh, I mean, uh, I knew it was popular. But do you think, yeah. But do you think it, that was, do you think that that was the, the concept was what made it good or that, that people who were on the show were made it good? wrote the show i mean the, i think that the talent uh, and i think a lot it's a lot of the same people but it's the concept handled this way made it good you're right that concept could totally be sucky and there are times where you really have to suspend your your disbelief but for the most part it's all i mean this was the show that would kill main characters no one was safe it was like before walking dead 
this show would like one season they brought on uh uh what's his name Lou Diamond Phillips right and like two episodes later he's dead I was like, oh, fuck. I thought he was going to be around for Like, you never knew who was safe. Like, Jack Bauer has died twice on the show and been brought back to life. Oh, shit. That's like kind of crazy. That's how badass Bauer is. Oh, my God. Uh, but what's – okay, so w- the real reason I wanted to talk about this is uh, it's happened again. And this happened originally when the show was on being the time, you know, after 9-11, the state of the country. It was accused of then and is being accused of again of being irresponsible, of pushing Islamophobia. Of being Islamophobic. Even the Huffington Post came out saying this was the most unacceptable, irresponsible thing to air after the Super Bowl, Fox. Uh, now, I while I understand their criticism, look, you're hearing this from a fucking, I was raised Muslim. I got no problem with it. Let me tell you. Some, it's, it's grounded in reality for a reason. Two of the seasons of the original series had Arab, like, terrorist bad guys. But the other ones, they were, like, Europeans. There was, like, a Latino ganger, gang, gangbanger. So it's not always that, but I mean, it does reflect a little bit of this fear of if, Muslim thing, but it's fucking if fiction. Basing it on reality, is it racist? I don't think so. Is it Islamophobic? That's the main question. And that term is like. I, I don't know. I think that's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I think that if anybody wants to be sensitive about something, like, I don't know. If you're doing something that's based on, uh, he's the guy's in the army, he went to, he went there. Yeah. Fuck with people over there, and they're coming back. To, is that Islamophobic? No, they're not, no. They're like, no. Okay, so it doesn't make any sense. It's story. If they're just, yeah, I don't know. This is the. Uh, this is one of those times where, and I consider myself kind of, I lean a little more liberal. But this is one of those times where the left can just get a little out of control. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. There's too much fucking liberal pansy ass shit. Like you got uh, it. It's it's a story and. Does here's the thing, Anthony, watching this, does this make you look at like maybe you're the next Arab guy you see, but does it make you look at him differently? Like, oh, I know what you're up to now. I watch 24. You well, nasty. I, I've always looked at you cockeyed, but I don't think well, it's of because course. You're oh, shit. I think it's just because you're fucking <laughs> it's, my, it's my striped beard. But uh, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I will say, although I, this is kind of a spoiler for the next episode. Yeah. Episode two, but they had a chance to kind of like get away from it being anti like not anti-muslim but like that stereotypical all muslims are bad and they yeah they, they still have way more show but they kind of went that route yeah they kind of went they, that route they, in that but, second episode you know, they pull like this show it it's ripped from the headlines type of shit you know law and order does this too and they never get shit for doing this uh these kind of things happen there's always a little bit of truth in it but, uh, I mean, it starts out with, like, the Muslim terrorists just shooting, like, a white couple and the family in the head. Like, it's brutal. A lot of people die. But here, here let's, but if, if, it, if you're going to call out the Islamophobia, yeah. you, can't do, you can do that, but then you're not going to acknowledge the fact that it's a black guy in the lead? Exactly. And you're not going to acknowledge that, like, oh, of course it's black guys in the hood being gangsters. Like, it doesn't just go, like, yeah. what about and that? Then you have, yeah, yeah, then you have to acknowledge that. that. Then you have to be like, oh, yeah, all black guys live in the fucking hood. Yeah. According well, to this, course. they all live in the, yeah. no, they all do drugs. Was, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, come on. Yeah, let's, let's come on. It's a fucking TV like, show. Come on. You have to be able to point out, the, like, if, like, it's, this is the thing. It's like, if I grew up in a place and then I'm telling you, or I write a story and I use, the things that I have in my life yes. as experiences, is that, is that, is that racist or whatever? Like, no, I saw this. I'm writing about it. You're the one that's applying it to everyone else. I'm just telling a story. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. So Every, like people looking at it and applying it to everyone else. That's the fucking racist or Islamophobic thing about it. Take a you look know? at yourself. You liberal fucks. <laughs> Take not- something that's very, very precise. It's a specific story yes. about a thing. Yes. And then you're saying, okay, well, you're pro- you're projecting a message to the masses about what you know, it's not a statement. It's a story. It's just crazy. I love it. I'm all in. I couldn't have been more excited that 24 was coming back and it came back very strong. Uh, we'll see how this season ends and what happens going forward. Okay. Last TV show. One more spoiler alert. Prepare to be spoiled. Because we're going to talk about uh, the pilot of, like I said, the first live action X-Men TV show ever on FX called Legion. Uh, that just aired last night, starring uh, Dan Stevens, who is uh, from, uh, he's British, actually. The lead guy who plays David Heller, Downton Abbey. And you got your Aubrey Plaza and uh, Gene Smart and a lovely young lady named Rachel Keller, which we'll get to. Uh, who wants to start with this one? Uh, I want to start just because I, th- I have a feeling what you guys are going to kind of okay. say. Okay. I hear. think it might be a little different. Okay. I fully acknowledge that this show is fucking getting awesome reviews is different is fucking trippy it's like it's something you you haven't seen out of a out of a superhero tv show or maybe even movie ever potentially that being yeah. said like rug boy saying like 24 just never hit hit it for him yeah remember that show on amc that we were you guys we were talking about with uh, uh, preacher preacher this is the same thing for me as as preacher was it's just not hitting it for me. I can see. I can see it's that. Not, it's not. Rem- I, I know. I fully acknowledge that it, it, a lot of people are probably going to like it, and it's different, and it's probably going to end up getting a lot of really good reviews and be a really good show. I'm probably never going to watch another episode. It is kind of in that preacher type of weird. I, I just. It was genre. just too weird for me. It's too weird. Yeah. There's just. I. I understand that. Like you're not. You're supposed to be disoriented the whole time. You're not supposed to know if this is really happening now for he's fucking making this shit up or what's going on. It's about a crazy person. It just doesn't do it for me. So what about you guys? David Haller in a psychiatric Institute. Uh, Rugs, what'd you think of the hour 30? It was an hour 30 pilot, which that was cool. That was, was it an hour? It was an hour and a half. 30, yeah. yeah. It was an hour and a half, man. It felt oh, like a, it even had like credits, like a movie at the end. If you noticed, uh, oh, Rugs, what, what, what are your thoughts? I found it to be an interesting uh, show. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to really hate it. And I was like, I'm not watching this shit. But then I ended up thinking it was pretty cool. The ending was a little cheesy for me with the guy tossing people around well, the, like really like terribly. The ending is where we really get to see mutant mutants and mutant powers. Yes. But um, and it was it, the ending was cool. But um, it, they handled it in a cheesy way. Some of the powers, I just thought that they didn't do a good enough job with the effects. Like they, the way he just like, does, like he would just. I thought it was funny. Like those guys went it flying. Like, it looked like it was do, being done as a comedic thing. Those guys went it. flying with just the slightest hand wave, and the guy goes wing way off into the distance. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it does get you thought. Pro- it's thought provoking because it gets you kind of geared up for what the possibilities are of this character. All right. What is yeah. he really? What 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 can he do? We've seen that he has some kind of tele- telekinetic issue. He can uh, probably read minds or probably see, hear things that no one else can hear. Something like that. We don't really know if he's telepathic. 
I don't, or I don't know what a schizophrenic powers are masked, masking or, or making uh, what, what they're hiding. Right. So they're masquerading as the schizophrenic things, but they're actually something else. So it's not like it's professor to see that unfold, but professor yeah. X's powers. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I fucking love this. I love this show a lot. Like just from the beginning, the atmosphere, the mood, the color palette, the, the, the way it's like kind of seventies kitsch, uh, mixed in with this weird era, uh, the disorientation of the camera shots and the, the unique camera angles. So like the guy who did Fargo, Noah, Noah Holly, I think is his name. He, uh, created this, wrote and directed this episode. Um, I love the, the way it jumped around in time to tell the story. Uh, the whole time, really, I wrote my comment here. This is what was going on in my head. What the fuck is going on? I love this. Like, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Uh, I love the use of music. Great music cues with the Rolling Stones and a little bit of Jane's Addiction. Did you get that, catch the Jane's Addiction rugs? Absolutely. That, yeah. that was my, for me, that was the fuck yeah moment is when he's being interrogated and finally he stabs the, the pen flies in the guy's face and he just flips the room and it goes in slow motion and you hear that trippy droning Jane's Addiction opening. I was like, yes, that's awesome. Uh, that really, that I was in. That sold me on the show. And then by the end, you really don't know what's real and what's in his head or is it in the past or is this really happening? And uh, uh, I love seeing all the mutants at the end and what's going to happen. I wanted it to go on when it ended. I was like, no, I don't want it to be over. It's it's kind of weird because the whole interesting part of it, of it jumping around in time and, you know, that kind of masturbatory thing I was talking to you about in the beginning is like where the director's kind of fucking with you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that can't really continue and sustain a show. Because uh, you can see, like, even from Arrow's flashbacks, like, yeah. just it, 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 it stops the show dead in its tracks when you're in the middle of a story and then you jump back somewhere else and you're like, ah, oh, man, I really was into this and now we got to go see this and I don't care about this. So um, I hope that they kind of figure out a way because I know that they're going to be doing this for a while in this show. They may, but now that it's in the present and he's kind of like in the main no, timeline. I'm going to still do it. I think that's going to be part of the uh, part of the fabric of the show. I, I thought it was done to really good effect to serve the story because not only did you have time jumps in timeline of the story, you had body swaps and then body swaps in jumping in timeline and then body swap. And then in the memory Then you didn't know if it was in the past or and you find out it's in his head. Yeah. But how long can you sustain that? I don't know, but it really, it really gave you uh, a great essence of this guy's head and how like, you know, from his suicide attempt to like the shots of him as a kid and, and how he was tormented this whole time. And, and and like maybe the next episode cuts back and he's still it's back in the mental institute and none of that shit happened. You know, I think it was probably one of the best directed pilots I've seen. Holy in, shit. Like, great pilot. Yes. I mean, but you talk about how great this was. Fargo's just as good. Well, this is the guy who did Fargo. And the so, girls from yeah. Fargo, too. Yeah. Uh, that. OK, let's talk about Rachel Heller, because I was like, who is this? Was Rachel lady? Heller, the, the Sid Sidney Barrett, the blonde girl. What's her fucking deal? I don't. This is the thing about the show. So, so it was kind of confusing. Yeah, she's got body swap powers. Here, here's the I biggest thought, question I had. Yeah. Before we get into so when they body swap, how yes. long are they walking around in each other's bodies, and then she killing people in the, in his body? What's going it on? It was 
It was confusing. At first, I figured when she was like, don't touch me, that she may have like skin to skin powers. And that made me think of rogue. I was like, does she have like rogue like powers? But so the kiss swaps the body. He he leaves the hospital. Meanwhile, she using his powers freaks out and sends everyone like either through the wall or into the wall. She kills that one person. That's his friend, right? That girl. Uh, yep. Lenny, yes. Aubrey Plaza, who now is going to appear to him as a ghost. So I think she killed a lot of the people using his and that, powers because she freaked out. that's the incident that they're interviewing him about. That's the – I think that's it. But what did make sense is when he's in her and he's sitting there, she's sitting there at like the outside cafe and then the person passes by and then it just – he becomes himself again. But what happened to her? So she wasn't dead because that's that's what I thought. They made you think she was dead. I don't know. It was fucking confusing. And she ends up saving. But basically, they, they switch up, back. They switch back. Yeah, time, I guess after it, some time passed. Maybe it wore off, and then she does end up saving him in his memory. Uh, and there, uh, well, and awful. she saves him in real life in the pool. She's there, right? Yes, yes. She's well in his memory. He's like, I love how she told him she in told his him memory what to, what do, to what do. do. Right? She's like, we're coming. Uh, and uh, he is, I mean, they say in the show that he is probably the most powerful mutant around. Also, I love that I heard the word mutant on a TV show. That was cool. I, I'm I'm thinking that they're probably going to explain that in the second episode because I feel like she can touch somebody and then disappear, you know, and, and okay, do what she needs that, to Did do. you notice that scene? That was my other question. There was a shot where it was like the camera was at the bottom of his bed and you saw through under the bed and the door opened and closed. You didn't see anybody walk in. The camera pans up and she's standing there. I was like, was she invisible? What the fuck was that? I didn't understand what they were trying to tell us there. Did you notice that? Nobody. Noticed. Yeah, I did notice that. I thought that was odd. I think they were, that that could be a masturbatory thing where you, the camera, the guy's doing the camera work and the director's fucking with you. And what is that fat blobby little scary thing? That thing fucking is creepy. I don't like it. The little fat blobby kid thing he keeps seeing. And it was like, that's my dad. I read somewhere on uh, birth movies, death. So again, I can't take credit for these ideas, but they're, they, they, they were pointing out the show has a a real chance to actually do something like different. They they could go the route where he's this, the, the most powerful mutant ever. And they were just suppressing his shit with this medication that was making him crazy. So that's one aspect of it. Yeah. Or they could actually go the route where he is actually fucking a mutant that is mentally ill and just explore oh. that. Like mental being, illness mental with illness, powers. Right. And I think, and they were on, on birth movies that they were like, that would be actually something kind of cool. I don't know if they're going to do that. Cause I don't think they're doing it. I think they're going with, he was just been suppressed all his life yes. and he's going to come into his own as a real fucking hero, which is, remember, which is something yeah. that is interesting, but has been done plenty of times. But it would be I I, I want it would be great to see him like learn his powers and explore. But I like the girl even said you remember she's like ah maybe uh, the voices aren't your problem maybe they're this is just how it's supposed to be maybe you're fine you know like she was kind of like she knew he was a mutant and had powers possibly was sent there to to extract him or get him or something I don't know I'm I'm in Are you guys can keep watching this I fucking love this show already I'll give it a couple more episodes I mean like. If it if it keeps grabbing me, I'm, I'll stick with it. I, yeah. I uh, I said in my review that I don't think I'll ever watch another episode. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. It's not my cup of tea. It's just that's it's, right. Yeah, it's too weird. But that's it's just why... really fucking strange. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it's sometimes when you watch a show and it, it's draining you to watch it, you don't want to. 
deal with it. You want to just sit back and like take a ride, right? You know? I want I want depth, but I don't want to be sitting there confused the entire time. If that makes sense. Well, but you know, this show, the Westworld, had the same effect on me. Where the, like the first half of the season, I'm like. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it's pretty interesting, and I'm I'm intrigued and I'm invested. But I don't know what's going on, so I had a little bit of that, not as much. And then obviously by the end, you saw that there was, you know, kind of a story uh, uh, plot line carrying on. Uh, it's that's very it's very exciting to see where this is going to go. I wanted to talk a little bit about the character, just uh, for people who don't know, uh, this guy Legion was created by Chris Claremont and Bill Sinkevich. Uh, two great legendary artists. And in the comic books, he really is Professor X's son. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that in the show. Uh, Xavier met David's mother, Gabriel Haller, while working in a psychiatric facility in Israel. And uh, they hooked up. She got preggers and she didn't tell him until he left. And she didn't even tell David who his father was for, for a long time. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And he is one of the most powerful mutants ever. He's an Omega level mutant, which it puts him up there with uh, the likes of Psylocke, Iceman, Phoenix. Legion is uh, is that powerful. And he's also fucking crazy a little bit. So to your point, Anthony, they may still. I like that. Now that you said what are his that, powers in the uh, Marvel Universe, uh, he's got tons of superpowers, each tied to a different personality. So in the comic books, he's schizophrenic. David's disassociative mental state and unique ability to absorb the conscious minds of people near him means that he can keep adding different abilities to himself every time he absorbs the mind of a powered individual. However, each personality controls a different ability, uh, including Jack Wayne, who controls telekinesis, Karami, telepathy, and Cindy, pyrokinesis, the ability to manipulate fire. David himself only absorbs people's minds. And then he says he has many more powers, including teleportation, power negation, the ability to turn objects into salt, turning sound waves into energy beams, spirit absorption, super strength, and even reality manipulation. You know what the show reminds me of? Yeah. It reminds me of if they were ever to make a Moon Knight show, it would be like this with more action. Yes, it would be. And again, it would be like Batman, but with more uh, psychiatric shit. And uh, lots of fights. It's like hand to hand. Hera meets Moon Knight. <laughs> this is interesting. It says at the rare times when David can merge all of his personalities into one to become Legion, he could even travel in time, which at one point accidentally leads him to creating an alternate timeline where Apocalypse ruled over the world during the Legion quest and Age of Apocalypse storylines in the mid nineties. Yeah, this might be too much mind fuckery for a lot of people. It's, it, it is. I think it's a. It's definitely an acquired taste. Uh, I never show. read Legion. I didn't, I knew I about didn't him. either. I knew about him as an ancillary character in New Mutants and stuff like that. And I've seen the art by uh, Sienkiewicz's art on the show. And his art even is very, it's very wacky. It's very expression, exaggerated, you know, like Sienkiewicz draws. It's great. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, Genius. So, man, I'm all in. I can't wait for more Legion. My favorite one out of all of them. <laughs> Especially Powerless. <laughs> That hard after powerless. I mean, it's better than powerless. It's not, I mean, this is not even. Don't even insult anyone. Me taking a shit is Legion better than powerless. To, to I powerless. had more. I had more enjoyment in my last dump. Oh than, shit! Than watching that show. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we got for the show. I got a couple of bit of feedback from the listeners, and we're gonna wrap it up. We got a new iTunes review uh, from okay. the Chomo family. This is Paul. He uh, he wrote in before. Remember I told you he did the Varmints podcast, the Blazing Caribou, 
where I uh, do trivia geeks with them. Uh, Paul, his review says, oh, shit. Five stars. Super funny, entertaining, and one of the podcast highlights of my week right now. Talking nerd. Thank you, Paul. Nice. And remember, remember, Rugboy, you suggested he do a podcast on peng- peng- pangolins? Pangolins? Yeah. He's doing a pangolin show episode of Armin's just for you, Rugboy. Wowie zowie. I should probably listen to it. Then. You probably should. He's going to dedicate it to you. And uh, I thought that was great. He likes taking requests. And then uh, one last thing before we peace out. I got a tweet here, guys. I need you to help me respond to. All right. It's from our buddies over at Bruce Wayne's World podcast. Jimmy and Joe and Daniel. Uh, who they, they have a great show. Bruce Wayne's World. Check it out. Uh, they want to know at Jock and Nerdcast, you crazy fudgers pumped for hashtag Lego Batman movie. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't really know what to feel about this. It's this Lego Batman movie is kind of in this weird area of Batman well, things. Let me, uh, let me tell you what I've seen. I've now the Lego movies are not really my cup of tea. Yeah, they weren't know? mine either. Um, but I did, I did see a Lego Batman movie that they made. It's on video. I think, I think you could definitely get it, you know, through other, other sources. There's already a Lego Batman movie. Yeah. There was an old one that made like two or three years ago and that shit was probably direct to video and that shit was fucking hilarious and it was a a good time. And I, I suggest that you watch it. Um, this is going to be more of the same and it's probably going to be. Definitely a fun movie to watch. Um, it's poking fun at Batman. It's 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 like a joke. It's a lot of inside jokes about Batman, um, and I think it's going to be good. I mean, is it? I normally hate shit like this, so um, I'm giving this one a pass. So, so this Batman was introduced in the Lego Movie. It's played by Will Arnett, and yeah, it's a irreverent, tongue in cheek Batman. To put this into context, though, in terms of Batman. On the big screen, this is the 11th film in the last 28 years to feature Batman on the big screen, counting Lego Batmans and Batman cameos and not counting Justice League and Wonder Woman that will be added. So that's a lot of Batman for 28 years. And uh, I was reading some articles and uh, the movie network had this interesting article about why this movie is so rare. It's one of the rare movies that the movie is actually all about Batman. Like, how many of the other Batman movies can you say are actually about Batman? There aren't many. So in terms of that, but you have, like, uh, uh, this cast. Like, Michael Sarah is playing Robin, Rosario Dawson as Batgirl, Ralph Fiennes as Pennyworth, Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, Jenny Slate, Harley Quinn, Conan O'Brien as the Riddler, Doug Benson as Bane, Billy D. Williams playing Two-Face. Geek boner. That's kind of a nice, nice nod. Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. Uh, Eddie Izzard is Voldemort, but it, yeah, it's going to make fun of all the Batman movies, but I watched the trailers and like, it does nothing for me. Listen, this is what I want you to do. Go and get the 2013 Lego Batman, the movie DC superheroes unite. All right, sir. Okay. Watch it. All it is, is Batman being a dick to Superman. And <laughs> That's great. Just that alone will make you laugh. <laughs> and if you ever, and then you'll want to watch the other DC superhero, uh, Lego stuff because it is funny in the way that Batman's addict to Superman and basically the interplay of the characters. Now, 
Do I like watching Lego animation? No, I fucking hate Lego men. Yeah, I know you hate the body. And there was an article, I think Malofsky posted to our Facebook group, like they were changing the Lego bodies or something. Good. They should. I think they heard you on our episode and they're like, oh shit, Rockboy's bad. I mean, like they haven't really, it's like, just go look at Mega Bloks. They have way better figures. They're crazy. They should do it. If they're going to make like these, all of these great uh, movies, like uh, they're making Ninjago, they're making all this stuff. They're limited by these like stupid bodies that they make. You know, they, they should really upgrade. People love these fucking Lego uh, fucking movies. Anthony, is it, does it not, uh, it, to put into context, like this article is very interesting and it says the only two other movies that actually dealt with Batman's psyche and what it means to be Batman was, of course, Batman Begins, which is all about yeah. Batman. And they cite Batman Forever. Yes. As actually dealing with his psyche, multiple personalities, the way Bruce Wayne's damaged psyche, sure. you know, point of view, which is, that's pretty crazy. And Batman Begins. Yeah. yeah. So does, the does this, well, the question was, does this make <laughs> you want to see this movie in the sense that like, this is actually all about Batman. Like the first time where they could all be about unabashedly about Batman, even though it's a fucking kids comedy. No, no this is a, why? Come on, man. This is a Lego fucking movie. I don't, I don't care if it's all about but, Batman. It's so, a Lego but even, movie. But even Batman fans like are excited for this. And I know you're a huge Batman fan. Why are you not excited? Because it's a Lego movie. Because it's a Lego movie. I, I, don't, I just I've never seen any of the Lego movies. So uh, I, it's, I, I honestly, I don't even know what I'm missing. Maybe they're fucking hilarious and I'm missing out on something awesome. But I don't even know what, what I'm missing right now. Maybe we yeah, should watch. I mean, I wouldn't have believed it myself if I thought. I wa I I watched it on a a lark. I was just like fuck it. Let me just see what this is. I want to watch something with Batman in it, and I was like pleasantly surprised. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, so I could see why it's gotten popular. I just hate Legos, and it's just I'm like it's like basically I have to like swallow it and just wait for the jokes. <laughs> the art on screen is never going to make me take it seriously because it's a Lego fucking yeah. movie. That's the thing. It's like I don't I care can't... if it's all about Batman. It's yeah. the, the the way they're displaying Batman is through Legos, right? So it's not. So it's Batman. not Batman. <laughs> exactly. It's Legos. That's how I feel. Right. That's kind of how I feel. Like it's it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. Well, this movie comes out this weekend. It's probably gonna do fucking big numbers. It's oh, yeah. kind of technically the first superhero movie of the year. Um, should we review it? No, no, no. I'm not going. I'm not. You don't no. make me go Nobody. watch this, please. No, I'm not gonna go watch it in the theater. <laughs> Maybe when it gets to uh, illegal streaming land, we'll uh, we'll get around to that. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's up there with like the Batman sixty six animated cartoon, which I still haven't seen. But as we've heard, it's tongue in cheek, it's fun, it's irreverent, but it's like it's inconsequential. It, it's, it's like, like it's like when in comics, if I I'll put it like it's like when in comics they take like Archie and they cross him over with Batman or something stupid. Like ah, it's yeah. like it's like that weird crossover. Where you're like this literally doesn't count. Like, th like this could doing, be the yeah, best story like ever, that. but it doesn't yeah, fucking yeah. count. They're doing a Power Rangers Justice League crossover currently. Exactly. Like, 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 it, nothing to like do it, with it, it could be a fucking masterpiece for all I care, but it's, it's not real. It's not a real thing. Like it's yeah, not it's serious. Not, yeah, absolutely. It's just there as an opportunity for you to like laugh at the Batman right. genre. But yeah, you can't, I mean, a lot of the jokes are like, you know, some of them are inside, some of them are not. Some of them are just obvious, you know. I, I'm. Some of them are obvious, like uh, slapstick shit. 
you know. But. There's going to be a lot of, I feel like there'll be a lot of inside jokes that, you know, if you've seen all the movies, you're going to see a lot of inside jokes. I also jokes. want to but, establish, this isn't me hating on the film. It's just, right. I'm not, yeah. I'm not just taking not it seriously. Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you, dude. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's a hard thing to look at Legos and be like, I want to sit down and watch a Lego they movie. They spent uh, $80 million on this estimated. Wow. wow. Well, it's all fucking CGI. Like, this is, but they, they have a huge franchise hit on their hands and you know it and they're just going to milk it. it. It's one of these things that like, I wonder why Lego things got so popular. And I, I'm like, you have animation now you have like computer animation. You can do so much awesome shit with it. And they, they keep doing this stuff where it's like, it just looks so like unimaginative and just kind of like whatever, but it's got to look like the Legos though. Yeah, but Legos is like a form follows function thing. It's like the Legos snap together and uh, so you can build shit. The people that exist in Legos don't have to look like that, don't have to be like that. And I don't know. It's just weird that you ha- now you're like making everything with bricks. It's just weird. It's just <laughs> it's, it's, no, I, I get it. This is why I just I haven't been on board with the Lego. I saw the Lego movie and it was just. I don't know. It's all very. Every kid loves Legos, yeah. though. Yeah. Every kid loves Legos. I, mean, I, love I loved Legos. Lego. I mean, it's just that's the that's one of the only opportunities as a kid to be creative is they give you a fucking bunch right, of Legos, yeah, right? But when you were a kid playing with your Legos, were you like, I wish this could be a movie? No. <laughs> no even as a kid, that's a good point. Even as a kid, yes. when I was making Lego people, it wasn't yeah. fun for me to have them fight each other. Yeah, like that. They was, just fall apart. Well, not only that, it's just like this doesn't look like a fucking person. It looks like bricks. Well. The whole thing is, yeah, yeah. You des- let's say you make a car out of Legos. Yeah. You're imagining what the car would look like in real life, not what you have in front of you that looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, with, and now they make a movie with cor- that. like weird corners and all this stuff on every every part of it. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of suspending your disbelief and imagining this thing being real, and like, oh, if this wasn't made out of Legos, it'd be awesome. I do appreciate those giant builds, though, when somebody does like Darth Vader life size on a Legos or the oh, they're definitely uh, cool battleship. But the yeah. thing about Legos is like it could never look sleek. It's always going to have no, the weird ninety degree boxy. angles yeah, on everything. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's kind of like. Uh, too much of that. It's just, I don't know. The movie's weird. Like, I don't know. I don't. So what should I write back? You tell me right now. I'm going to tweet him. What? 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 Uh, uh, we, question was, you crazy fudgers pumped for Lego Batman movie. Uh, just say we'll eventually watch it and probably like aspects of it. So or on a one to ten scale, I'd say we're about a four or a three. <laughs> ah, that's better. We're about... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say we're about a four out of 10 excited. I just, I remember like a bunch of people coming up to me and saying, you got to see this Lego movie. Yeah. So I watched it and I was like, eh, like whatever. Like, it's not like, you know, people like, you got to watch Zootopia. I watched it. I was like, eh. I like you Zootopia. Know, just, that was a fun movie. Yeah, but it was, but, was it, did it change your life? No, it was just a fucking good did, Were you like, go, couldn't wait to watch it again? It made a billion dollars. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to watch it right after you saw it, like, uh, like a weekly, I want to see that shit again. Yeah. That did, that doesn't happen when I watch those yeah. movies. You know, a movie was something that actually did kind of impress me that I was like, didn't think anything of yeah. when Shrek first came out. I was like, Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to watch this shit. And then I watched Shrek. I was like, this shit's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. What Eddie Murphy playing a donkey. Eddie Murphy as donkey is the and Michael Myers Shrek. playing Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, donkey. That'll do. Uh, no, like, I, I remember I, the last time I watched one of these DreamWorks or Disney movies and I wanted to see it immediately again was How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, really? Was that yeah. funny? I thought that was pretty good. No, I thought it just was a good adventure movie. Oh, okay. And that was it. 
what do, what do you think of the Pixar stuff? We're kind of getting off the top, but what do you think of the Pixar shit? Um, like make you cry every time. Like Finding Dory or whatever. That right? made a billion dollars. Uh, I'm thinking more too. like Up or and Up was great. The beginning of Up is fantastic. Up Up is emotional as fuck. Yeah, but then then, then it loses everything. Oh, I, that's true. I lost me for the, re- the rest. Bruce of the Wayne's World just tweeted back in the theater, waiting right now in line. They're about to, oh, they're they really like that's Batman. what I'm saying. They love Batman, so they have to consume everything Batman. Which is fun. Well, they do a, po- they, they do a, they podcast, do a podcast, right. about Batman. So they have you would be expe- they literally yes. have nothing else to talk that's about a- if they don't watch this whole <laughs> that's shit. That's a good point. If you subscribe to the Bruce Wayne's <laughs> oh, world, you're going to be expecting a review of Lego Batman. The last Pixar movie that I watched immediately as soon as I could was The Incredibles. Right? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought The Incredibles. And I also... The best um, Fantastic Four movie ever. Yeah. So there's that, and uh, that's basically it. I didn't like. Uh, Listen, the Toy Story oh, movies are awesome. All three of them are very good. The third one, yeah, but I, crazy. I don't like the car movies. No, the second car movie was really bad, and then they're doing Planes, I, which is not good. Also, I, I would never watch Planes. I would never. I mean, um, Wally, Wally, Wally is okay. great. I would watch it again. again it depends on these creators because you have Brad Bird and John Lasseter, and you can kind of tell who's doing each movie. So. Brad Bird. Like Ratatouille was a good Ratatouille's movie. Ratatouille's great. Brad Bird does like The Incredibles. John Lasseter will do the ones I might where... want to watch Inside Out again. Inside Out is actually really good. I, I like that yeah, movie. I it's all wanna, about... I saw it, but I want to watch it again. That one's crazy. But... It's about like emotions as a teenage, as a, as a little you, kid. You know, the, the thing about the Pixar movies is I watched Up. Yes. And then the first 20 minutes, like literally, I was with my girlfriend and I was like trying not to cry. That is a masterpiece. That is a masterpiece, uh, well, the first well, 20 minutes. But... I don't want to ever want to watch movies and feel sad like that again. So I avoid. It makes you think of your own mortality <laughs> in your life, and you're like, God, I have wasted. I heard. My life. I heard. Toy Story three makes yes. like the, the end makes you want to Dude, cry, toy, and that just like makes me run. Toy away Story in the three direction. got dark at the end. I thought I was like, I think they almost got like incinerated. I was like, Oh my God, is this? Oh, I'm not even talking happen? about that. I'm talking about the part where like he realizes like he has to pass he down his toys. His toys yeah. Yeah. Or the toys realize he doesn't need them anymore. What is yeah, the, what yeah. is their use? What's their purpose? And yeah, that's fucking devastating. Really, it's so well done. It's so well done. Well, but no. you're right. Up loses its steam after that first. Yeah, after minutes. that, you can't you can't do it. Like they, they blew their load. They really the beginning did. Of the movie. It's like some of the best things filmed, animated or not, is like the, one of the best sequences ever put to film. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. If I want to go, DreamWorks, How to Train Your Dragon is is probably the best one that I. That first one was great. Shrek, obviously. Is great. Um, um, I'm not a big fan of Kung Fu Panda. Oh man, Kung Fu Panda. A lot of people like Kung Fu Panda. I mean, it was okay. I just don't like Jack Black. I think he's annoying. Um, yeah, Jack Black sucks. And man. I don't like you know. I don't want to have a fat hero. It's just <laughs> you know, Shrek, Shrek. Shrek. There's repeating what Shrek did. They already did it with Shrek. I don't want to see it again. You know, and um, Madagascar isn't Chris Rock in Madagascar. That was pretty good. Yeah, but that yeah, I won't watch that again. Here, what one more off-topic thing, but sort of on the same path we're on. Have any of you guys seen the new Beauty and the Beast trailer? I have not. Apparently, this is the most viewed fucking trailer in the world. No, I have I not even watched it once. Did you guys ever watch the, the animated? Yeah, version? yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you it's like a it? Classic. I did really, like dude. The, the, the fucking trailer for this looks legit. So th- I like really it. because wow, yeah. I I may have to watch. Is it, it. a musical? They, I think it's going to be a musical. Yeah. So, but they they when they have uh, Mariah Carey or whoever the fuck is singing the, the that song yeah. from Beauty and the Beast, yeah. whatever the whatever the fucking song is, I was song. like, wow, this is it. Really, this is the fucking movie, <laughs> Holy dude. Shit. They have uh, the guy that plays Dracula uh, as the the bad guy. 
Oh, uh, the, from uh, the the bad Dracula movie. Yeah, Luke, yeah Lucas yeah. Evans. Lucas Evans. Yeah, or whatever Evans. Luke Evans. Luke, Luke Evans. Evans. Yeah, and they got. Uh, I Harry thought he was Potter Gaston. Girl. Yeah, Gaston, the bad guy. Yeah, he's playing yeah. Gaston. Look, here's the problem with Disney fucking remaking all their cartoons. Uh, what? I I don't. They're gonna they're gonna redo everything they've made again and make billions of dollars. And I wish they would just come up with something new. I they, oh, they're uh, definitely yeah, they're they're definitely just repeating yes, what they did in the past, yes. which is actually aped off of old shit. Well, which is stolen from Hans Christian Andersen and Grimm's Brothers right. and other people. Ultimately, it, this is what they're doing. It's like they're taking the people's childhood and they're re- they're feeding it to the the adult. Child, it's multiple it, it, it levels totally of appropriation of these fucking tales, like, and it's working. Like Jungle Book made a billion dollars, people, and I'm like, God, they're gonna redo every fucking movie in but live action. I, I did like, I did like, um, was it Cinderella? Yeah, they did, they did a Cinderella movie with the one with the glass. Yeah, I heard that was pretty right? good too. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and I wouldn't expect to like it. I was like, oh, this shit is really well done. Here's the thing I remember about the original Beauty and the Beast when it came out. It was like one of the first times they had used like a CGI camera, camera pan move in the ballroom. Like I remember seeing that, and I was like, wow, this is fucking crazy. Like they're using computer graphics now. Like that was, I think it was one of the first movies where they started to combine it uh, in their feature films. Yeah. Well, it was something for its time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it still works. It's still, it's still a good movie. I mean, you know, it's... it's, it's I'm surprised. That's funny that Anthony likes I'm going to have to watch this trailer then, see if it gives me the feels or what. Oh, dude. The, the part at the end where Mariah Carey is singing Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Beauty yeah, it is and the... the fucking awesomest thing. Tale is all this time. <laughs> but that, that, literally what Rock Boy said, it, it's literally just bringing back childhood for me. It's, dude, this is a major, everyone's doing the nostalgia play. It's getting kind of... Uh, well, you're, yes. you're absolutely yes. right, though. They're, Disney is totally just going to take all their animated films from the 90s and late 80s and do them live and the, action and, over and the same exact story. Yeah. And then you know what they're going to do? Then they're going to do an animated adaption of the live action based on the original animated feature. Oh, shit. It's going to make there, them another $10 billion. There's a video on like social media where it's literally shot for shot from the, the animated beauty and the They've beast. They just realized we could redo everything and we don't have to write new shit for the next 20 years. Good work. Yeah, you, can, you need the storyboard. No, you just watch no. the movie and shoot it and, and put it in the computer and make it real life. Jesus. Well, fuck. Cinderella was really good for them, right? Yeah. And then Jungle Book did really well. Yeah, for them. yeah, and uh, yeah, and Favreau is going to do more, and they're just going to keep going, remaking everything. Well, the next, uh, the next one. I mean, they got they got to do. They're going to do fucking Lion King. Yes, you got to do. Favreau's doing do Lion Mul- King. You got to do Mulan. Yes, you got to do fucking Pocahontas. Do like these are all sure thing billion dollar movies. Absolutely. It ain't going anywhere, people. I don't uh, know how we got to this point, but I like it. <laughs> you like it? Listen, dude. I kind of no. I'm saying like you in like our the point of the show where we're talking. Yeah, about, we're, we're 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 talking about Disney. I wish I had a time action. machine and I could go back and buy some fucking Disney stock way back in the day. Jesus fuck, dude. This company, it's just non. It's a it's a monster. You can't it's, you can't take them down. They're it's, done. They're it's done the king of vanilla. Risks. It's the king of vanilla, and unfortunately, they're going to vanilla up our Marvel superheroes. Oh, shit. Poor guys. Oh, well. Fuck it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They're done. To, I mean, they know, they know what fucking bread butters their fucking bread, yep. and it is vanilla. <laughs> it's vanilla. <laughs> it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, DreamWorks takes more risks. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, DreamWorks, yeah. They're, they come up with their own new shit. They're not really adapting other shit that they But they also, had. there's that thing. Like, remember Bugs Life came out? They put out Ants at the same time, which was like a darker 
Bugs Life. And I actually liked Ants more than I Lost liked Ants. I had Woody Allen and Sylvester Stallone. Like, it was really good. It was dark. And it was darker. Yeah. It was darker, yeah. yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, uh, so we'll put a pin in it there, I guess. I don't even know how the fuck we got here. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the show. Wherever you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Player FM, YouTube. You can play us on the YouTube in the background and just leave it running. Uh, subscribe, leave a rating, a review. Rugs, tell the people where they can find you if they want to say hi. You can find me on Twitter arguing with Godzilla fans. And Dan Slot fans. And Dan Slot fans. I don't think he has many fans left. Yes. <laughs> at really rug boy on Twitter. Come find me. And of course, listener, tell a friend, spread the geekery, post the, share the show on your social medias, do what you can. We would appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This is the jock and nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll hear you next time. You got your hand off my penis. Oh, excuse me. Podcast? Who cares? A jock said that.